Ahoy there, it's me, your old pal, Captain Kevin. Thanks for checking out this episode of the Attitude Podcast, an extreme episode, allegedly. Just want to thank everyone who's over on our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash AE Podcast, where you can get access to over 200 hours of exclusive content, not here on the main feed, for a mere $5 a month. And if you're a backer right now, go over and check your feed because we've just released another episode of our new strange series, The Corporate Ministry of Sound. Adam and I are settling down after reviewing Hulk Hogan and Macho Man Randy Savage's album and Piledriver, the obvious port in a storm for us was WCW Slam Jam Volume Number 1. So that is available now for all $5 backers over on the Patreon page. And hey, if you're after more content from our buddies here the Podcrabs gang, our very own Billy Keeble has released a new podcast. It's available on Spotify. It's called Aural Whiplash. That's A-U-R-A-L Whiplash, where he goes through and does deep dives on iconic albums and does a fabulous job at reviewing them if I do say so myself. It's something that our main man Billy has been very passionate about so go support his new project. It's available on Spotify. It's Aural Whiplash but for now let's enjoy the extreme whiplash of John Cena appearing in the Hammerstein Ballroom and Mick Foley turning heel for some reason. It is in fact ECW One Night Stand 2006. Big train rolling down the line makes me lonely sometimes I wish to ride away sometimes I want to ride away yeah. hello everyone and welcome to the Attitude podcast season five continues but we've taken a diversion down an extreme road it's ECW one night stand 2006 sorry that's the sound of me Captain Kevin my fandom for ECW dissolving upon contact with my professional requirement to review this show alongside my cohorts comrades and colleagues firstly the extreme one himself it's extremely Adam Bibolo. Hello. How are you doing today? Good. It's it's finally time for us to do another ECW pay-per-view. We did Heatwave 98, and now we're going to have a look at like what I assume is going to be another banner pay-per-view for the product. If I recall, you didn't get on particularly well with that ECW show back in the day. No, I was, I believe people referred to me as a, um, what was it, pussy now. Because ah. I, I couldn't get on with all the swearing and the violence and the bad manners of ECW. Can I just say, I did you say this at the top of the, the, the hour, to you and I'll say it to my other co-host as well in due mm. course when I first met you I would have probably for whatever reason Phil is absolutely determined to show you parts of this show and stuff around it not this one not this one oh five you sat me down and was like you like wrestling look at this bam chair <laughs> shots to the head like yeah I watched all of oh five with you and I was like I think this ECW thing is kind of exciting I don't think I've ever felt the need to apologize for having previously been a fan of something so much like I'm mm. going to hear with this tonight. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy, a long dark night of the soul awaits us all. And to my left, unquestionably, the most extreme man on the planet. It's Billy Kibo. Hello. How are you getting on today, Bill? I'm doing okay. So you love yourself some 2006. I do. And I loved myself some ECW back in the day. Mm. And it feels like this is a perfect combination, a soup for both of our yeah, houses. Yeah, it's a nice little broth we got going on here. And yeah, I've had these before, but when you were watching along the way in 06, when you were a young, fair-weathered fan, 
Um, were you excited by the prospect of this ECW show that, admittedly, in the last month has come out of nowhere on the show? Um, no, because I didn't know what it was. Mm. I didn't know what EC. I knew that ECW was like a show that it was it was a a company that used to exist that was created by Paul Heyman. That's about it. That's end. about it. And I didn't. I like. I watched like a little bit of WWE CW in two thousand six, and I was just like. It's not my cup of tea. Jesse and Festus nowhere to be seen. Yeah, like, like, it wasn't my bag, you know. Yeah, surprisingly, the third best brand during WWE's third best period probably <laughs> wasn't up to, to anyone's snuff. It's very interesting, this, because we, uh, we're we all watching some of the shows. I mean, you're watching some of the Raws, Adam. Yes, uh, I've watched all of Raw, I think. I feel like we should probably have to park a lot of our, our chat about what we want to talk about because yeah. it's pertaining to Vengeance, which already feels like it's going to be a very, very big-ass episode for one mm. reason or another. Mm. But ECW, coming out of the blue, slow build, was it something that felt like it was going along with the other things on your plate here on WWE 06? Out of the blue in some respect. I feel like it's only been like maybe three or four weeks of real build-up to this show happening. But in that three or four weeks, they did a good job of like couple of mentions of ECW this week and then next week a few mentions and oh here's a couple of guys from ECW like they they amped it up slowly on the way to one night stand yeah you but, had some of the big names like Foley and 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 Dreamer coming back into the mix yeah Sabu, Terry Funk showed up Terry Funk Heyman is probably doing most of the heavy lifting of trying to sell this thing I think but there was a point in the build up to this where it went from being like Oh, do you remember ECW? Well, yeah, Edge and Mick Foley, they've been talking mess about ECW and we're going to try and set things straight. To then all of a sudden overnight, it was like, yeah, and of course, when ECW starts on sci-fi in a few weeks, and it's like, whoa, 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 hang about. Mm. Like, yeah, yeah. It just suddenly appeared that like, oh yeah, we're getting a show now, by the way, as well as a pay-per-view. Like, It's strange because I felt like that when I was watching like an 05 and the ECW one night stand, the first pay-per-view went over as well as it did off the success of the... The, the DVD mm. but it felt like obviously DVD pay-per-view third branch or yeah. more reunion shows or maybe it'll be a once a year thing and somewhere along the way there was obviously an idea way back when that Vince wanted a third branch and I know Shane McMahon had been stiffed around the idea of doing like something that was on WWE.com yes. and I think literally what it was was that Sci-Fi were like yeah we've got a spot for a wrestling show we'd happily have a wrestling show and all of a sudden these things kind of all come together I don't think it was the ECW revivalist's first choice. Not really. And probably not the Sci-Fi Network's first choice. No. Or Vince McMahon's first choice. But there's a lot of people here who are trying to make this work. But I would be remiss to not mention that it does feel like this show has been sabotaged and cursed from the get-go. 100%. And we're not going to be talking about all the build-up to Vengeance. But the last thing that you saw before the ECW One Night Stand pay-per-view was Triple H almost joining the Vince McMahon Kiss My Ass Club. Mm. <laughs> ECW! ECW! <laughs> well, that's the last thing we saw on Raw, but then we did have a special one-off broadcast, WWE versus ECW on oh, Wednesday baby. night. And the last thing we saw on that, I believe, was ECW's hottest new signing, Big Show Paul White has joined the yeah. third brand. That's right. Big double shirt Paul White is now the extreme giant. Well, I'm ordering the pay-per-view right fucking now, mate. Maybe you'll do the final cut again. All I'll say is, I've got a lot to say about that. My favourite image known to man, which is the Big Show reveal from WWE versus ECW... 
the show doesn't exist online. No. There is an upload from 12 years ago. Daily Motion. From Daily Motion. And there's a slightly better quality one that I was like, oh my God, awesome. Look, it's in great quality. And I turned it on and it was in Italian. And you've not lived and you've seen Mick Foley cutting a passionate promo about ECW <laughs> in Italian. Tonight, stasera, WWE. WWE contro ECW. Testa, testa. They're coming into our own. E loro verranno qui a casa nostra a tentare di umiliarci. Ma noi non lo permetteremo. Well, folks, obviously it's time to revive the brand of ECW, and there's no better time than 2006. The biggest mistake we probably have made is forgetting that nostalgia is all well and good, but nostalgia about nostalgia is probably not that much hotter either. Mm. It's ECW's One Night Stand 2006! right now because we're doing vengeance and vengeance is like two weeks after this yeah, i know fucking love pay-per-views 45 dollars these are costing legit and sadly, 100 quid to spend on wrestling in june 2006 as good as it is that we've got the pay-per-view and we've got the slot on sci-fi network we haven't got an ecw magazine for it out yeah so fucking good there was an ecw magazine back in the, the day the original ecw yeah, like, yeah just incredible i had to write it in his it's less of a magazine though no, it's more a manifesto <laughs> <laughs> so we'll save our june magazine chat for vengeance i think so where does that leave us with culture vis-a-vis june 06 billy keeble so i can tell you that the number one singles and i can tell you the number one films but because we've got another pay-per-view in 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 two weeks uh, in the same month if i do a full culture corner now it is just going to affect every episode of the season oh we don't want to have backed up. Up. There, yeah. was a, there was a point where this happened with wwe magazine back in the 80s yeah. and they made that call and they've been catching up ever since so we're not going to have a full culture corner today but we will have the fall of june covered in vengeance okay, okay. and then it'll put us back okay. back to where we need to be because i will just be out of sync for the rest of the season if I don't right. do this right and now. Billy's on a very, very carefully set 17-year time lapse here, mm. and we can't be messing around with that. No. Yeah, it's don't mess around with that. No, no, no. Uh, so in terms of number one single, UK and Ireland are united again. Hey! We've got another united with the most ECW song. I think, oh. yeah, that's, I think it's a good idea, a nice kind of, you know, make make good, like, you know, if you won't give us back Northern Ireland, just give us all of the UK, we'll have that. Mm, like, have an you idea. Know. United you know, Ireland. When I say United Ireland, I mean having all of, all of the British yeah. Isles. A whole lot. Called, uh, and then we will rechristen it, the Irish Isles. <laughs> <laughs> or we'll keep both, it'll be kind of confusing. Like, what's going to happen here? <laughs> number one single, UK and Ireland. I wish I was a punk rocker with flowers in my hair by Sandy Tom. Tune. It's not a tune, but it's a tune. It is a tune. Um, it's, it's an annoying tune, but it's mm. a tune nevertheless. Here's a question. If you wish you were a punk rocker, why wouldn't you sing a punk rock song? Right? Huh? Mm. How about that? Stop all this moping about. Why don't you go trash the wearing flowers in their hair. No. It was full of sugar water. You want to be a hippie <laughs> is what you want, yeah. mate. 
Uh, then uh, US number one is It's Riding by Chamillionaire featuring Crazy Bone. Oh, Red shit, dirty. nice. Oh, Riding yeah. Dirty. Yeah. How about it? I mean, you know it's a cultural milestone if Weird Al is parodying it. Yeah, you know, yeah. So. I, like, I would have like, tried to like sing you a bit of the lyrics then to remind you what it was, but I would have 100% just started singing White and Dirty. <laughs> yeah. In terms of films, difference between the UK and the US, as per usual, uh, the US number one film, it's Cars, baby. Oh, Owen Wilson riding high. Yeah, a film is, I, is he in that? Is yeah, he's, he's the main like character. McQueen. It's Kevin. a film I have never seen. Never seen it. No. No. <laughs> uh, the UK number one film I did see, however, and that is the remake of The Omen that was released oh. on the six six six. Dude, that's so freaky. Yeah. No, no, May 19th is still the scary yeah. day. Don't worry, <laughs> There'll be at least two weeks. It'll be fine. No one will be talking about The Omen. And I did see this film on the day it came out. Did you? Um, really? I was a goth kid. Yeah, I was seeing it. I was seeing it. It's also the day I got the biggest nosebleed of my life. Oh, that's, that, was that that's a, an omen yeah, right there, baby. Satanic ritual. Well, that that's, right? that's the thing. I, was, I remember being in high school. And talking to all my goth friends about how we're gonna go see gonna see the omen on six six six. You know, I just love I just love the idea of groups of goths getting excited about yeah. things. Yeah, oh, we're gonna go to the cinema. <laughs> and that was until I jokingly said, Hail Satan! Oh, and my nose wow. exploded with blood. <laughs> literally seconds later. Billy, if we're gonna pick a wrestler to compare the the, the blade job to here on the, the nosebleed, yeah, are we, are we talking Eddie Guerrero Judgment That's Day? Is, is it Triple H in Backlash? It's a man getting hit with a shovel. <laughs> it's more like a, 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 a brood gacking. It oh, was a, wow! It was a, a fucking... One big drop. It was a crimson mask if only the bottom of my face was, the, was covered. Oh. My God, Billy Cable is covered in the red of the new blood. Honestly, it was like I'd been punched in the face. Just wow. my nose just you, exploded out of nowhere. How are you only just telling us this? After nearly 10 years of podcasting together, we find out that now you might have some sort of demon. Uh, yeah. Close to the day, yeah. that's why. Okay, yeah. yeah so, you know, 666, I had a big old nosebleed. Well done. But we don't, we don't have... We don't have, obviously, the Culture Corner in full, but what we do have is a little bonus segment. Oh, bonus here we go. Segment. Yes, now, now obviously, obviously, there's a brand split going on. Clearly, mm. a triple brand split. A triple brand Freeway. split. We're not covering any of the SmackDown. Nah. So I've got a brand new segment, which I'm going to call the SmackDown Crawl. SmackDown Crawl. <laughs> hey! Hey! This is not SmackDown Crawl. Play the fucking music. No, 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 no. Turn that off. No. So I thought, what if... You can't take her one port in a storm. Dude. To review Hulk Hogan's album on Patreon. You find a new name for this segment. Right, it's called the SmackDown Roll. SmackDown... Roll? Roll? What the fuck? Um... So I thought, because we're not going to cover the pay-per-views, and there's going to be a few of them, it might I be like fun this. to have a look at yeah. what what you know what you could have won if it was I a see. 90s game What's show. going on in the blue brand? What are they up to? So we'll just have a little look at the, uh, at the match cards for these pay-per-views. And, you know, we can determine whether or not, as we're having, we'll be going, you know, between raw pay-per-views. And maybe maybe would have preferred to watch that SmackDown pay-per-view. Hey, can you stop floating boys' picks? Yeah, honestly. Oh, I mean, Ridiculous. I'm just saying, Judgment Day 06, Matt Hardy... Defeated Simon Dean. What are you saying? What, what, what? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. What are you saying? You want to see that? Even so... though I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that was a dark match. Um, 
what are you trying to prove? But it might have been a better show. We'd see, we'll yeah, wait until we see Vengeance, like and we'll just we'll we'll wait until we see Vengeance to see if Fuck we think me. Vengeance. See, is I knew this would happen. I knew he'd run out of cursed shows. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it would happen. There's no more pun. There's no Punjabi prison matches anymore, Billy. Well, there's one more. There there's one, one more. Uh, I've already reviewed it for another podcast. So you keep saying Kendrick and London defeated Eminem for the for the tag team championship. Fine. Benoit versus Finlay. That's probably good. I remember that being That's a good match. Good. I watched that one. Yep. Gillian Hall defeated Melina. Oh, I mean, come on, Gillian. Gillian Hall is one of the uh, the OG greats, original gangster greats of two thousand six. Cruiserweight Championship. Gregory Helms successfully defending against Super Crazy. Jesus fucking Christ! Oh, I think like I put this on to fall asleep. To the shipping forecast. Yeah, oh, I get, get this now. Mark Henry defeated Kurt Angle by countout. Now there's a <laughs> by countout. <laughs> I was literally about to say, now there's a match. No, there isn't. That's not a match you want uh, to see. Booker T defeated Bobby Lashley for the 2006 King of the Ring final. I okay. remember watching this pay per view and it was fucking dirty. It King of the Ring so boring King of the Ring at Judgment Day yeah, yeah. okay just the final match it's just match. so you become King Booker that was right, it basically okay. yeah. uh, Great Carly defeated The Undertaker oh, we had Rey Mysterio and JBL right and the main event Rey, Rey Mysterio fighting JBL awful what baby. a night so, what a night we'll, we'll, okay. we'll have a look at Vengeance and we'll see when we get to it and we'll think maybe would we have preferred to watch well, Judgment may, Day maybe, you know maybe. All, all I'll say is I, I, I'm a bit down in the dumps as regards this pay-per-view but the grass does seem greener right here. Where we are. Oh, 100%. Where we are. Absolutely. I'm glad I didn't have to watch that. 100%. Fuck well, it. I like this idea, yet. Billy. This is a very good call. And yeah, let's not call it the Smackdown Crawl, though. It's the Smackdown <laughs> Roll. That's so good. How about the Smackdown Recall? There you uh, go. Okay. There yeah, you go. go. The Smackdown uh, Recall. Yeah. That's was, more like I was going to say Smackdown Rebound, but I think they do that on Raw. So, it's been an interesting time for the ECW brand. I would say that when we were at WrestleMania 22, the stock of the brand was still quite high. People were willing to chant ECW at a moment's notice. Yeah. But I think maybe the biggest mistake that this entire brand relaunch, and it, I think this is at Heyman's feet as well, is that he's maybe conflated Rob Van Dam's personal popularity with the ECW brand's popularity. Yes. And I will say, watching all these Raws, I don't think there's anyone as popular in wrestling right now as Rob Van Dam. Agreed. And it's weird to say that because I always felt like he's the kind of the underground fave or whatever, but he is biggest pops almost every night. He's having his moment right now, for sure. Yeah. And I think we mentioned this before, but I do feel like a lot of the ECW goodwill, like you say, is just because of him. You think about most of the ECW chants we got at Backlash or at WrestleMania. It was around him. It's probably because RVD did a fun mm. move or whatever. And like, I would say he's been doing his bit coming out in ECW shirt, you know. Yeah. He'll be doing random promos and he'll like, he cut a promo on Jerry Lawler not liking ECW. It yeah. felt like he was the one who had to verbalise a lot. And I feel... That was good because he couldn't have Heyman out there in a suit and a ball cap and a leather trench coat telling you how time. cool ECW is. Yeah. And I will say, someone else who is extremely popular and a lot more so than I remembered this time, I swear every single Raw from the last pay-per-view to this one, John Cena's been cheered unanimously. 100%. Mm. I, I yeah. was flabbergasted by this because everyone knows the legendary story about him at One Night Stand. And obviously, him versus Rob in an ECW environment... Of course, he's going to get booed out of the building, but the legacy around that has made me think for ages that, like, oh, Cena was getting booed everywhere they went, and so this was super cathartic. Yes. He is still extremely popular and over at the minute. And it's not like, oh, some people are booed him and some people are cheered him and the crowd is split. It's like, 
85% cheers, you can hear the few boos. Yeah. And I think what it is now is that a lot of us have misremembered One Night Stand as the moment where it's like, yeah, this is where it all kind of built to a head. I feel like this is the floodgates of your own personal hell. Mm. You're like, it's like letting everyone kind of go, A, it's okay to do this, and B, it's fun to do this. We've made a special show for you to yeah. do this at. Like. And you did it at WrestleMania, and it was fun then, and you did it here at One Night Stand, it's going to be super fun. And I'm interested to see John on Raw going forward, mm. even though this is probably the thing I respect for him mm. the most doing, yes. is the turning point to people hating him more than ever. Yeah. Oh. Is it going to be as fun at SummerSlam? We'll see. Maybe it's going to be the case that he's come here and he's been unanimously booed. And you know what, everyone? He thinks he likes it. (laughs) (laughs) So this is a TVMA product. Yeah. And that is why it's sponsored by X-Men. Feel the power of the (laughs) X-Men. Feel the power of the X-Men. You do not want to go to Professor Heyman's school for the gifted. (laughs) Oh, Mm. no, 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 no. That semester's starting next term. Okay, so it's not now. No, 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 no. It was a different school, you see. No, this is a learning annex. It's not a school. <laughs> Why would you think that? Cerebro is just the baseball cap. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big, hot crowd in, I'll say it's my favourite yep. arena of all time. It's I gorgeous. I love the Hammerstein Ballroom. Here's a, a random question for you. What do you reckon is the capacity? How many people do you think are in this building? Because it's, it's a hot crowd all night. I don't I don't think it's big. No, it's small. Like, it's... Uh, I'd be, I'd be like close to say it'd be only like a thousand, two thousand. Yeah, like I was thinking a couple that. thousand. It's twenty four hundred. Yeah, which yeah. is pretty jam packed for us. It is, yeah. Know. But that, but that is as far as pay per view goes. That's incredibly intimate. Like. Yeah, I could have, you know, if you told me oh, it was five or ten thousand, I was like, yeah, sure. Like, cause, you know, it's it's at that point. They're that loud. They're that loud. Yeah. I just think the visual of that arena on its own is so fucking good. It's amazing. It's a great room, and I think it is. It's something that I feel like a lot of people who played in that arena because I remember Ring of Honor in like 2011 they did a pay-per-view from there and I was like ah! and I ordered mm. it and it, you know the pay-per-view didn't work because I was trying to live stream in 2011 Ring of Honor <laughs> and like yeah I remember like it being really crap because he hadn't lit it up and but I was that's like, what yeah. I was going to say that's the thing I like about it is it's bright you can see everyone and you can see the walls you can see the fans it feels like a big crowded space mm. like you don't get this weird shadow void around the arena like you get everywhere else yeah there is a lot of signs here tonight yeah there's a lot of signs like we get the as soon as we hit the crowd we see the famous if Cena wins, we riot signs. Yes. <laughs> and to quote Johnny Fabulous, John Cena's father from the John Cena Hustle Loyalty and Respect documentary, well, God damn it, let him riot there. Here they come, We get a variety of, of signs tonight. We'll go over a couple. You saw one, but I like you mentioned to me, but I did not see at all. I mean, there's a lot of them you blink and you'll miss it. Yeah. But mm. it's a, uh, it made me nostalgic to see a sea of signs. Yes. Because for whatever reason... I'm not sure if it's the case if you go to a WWE show in 2023, they're like, oh, no, take that down. You know, there was a lot of anti-sign chat, you know, five or six years ago. Yeah. I wonder if it's just the case that fans have realised they don't want to carry fucking big pieces I of think, cardboard yeah, all the time. Yeah, I think people just don't care anymore. Like, yeah. I think don't give a fuck. People only do bring video game signs to do their video game hot takes now. Pretty much. Or, or like, Tony Khan, please sign this incredibly untrained wrestler who's just started wrestling. Mm. They're ready for the big time. No. Because I bought a front row ticket, like... <laughs> yeah, I think... 
it hits you strong with the nostalgia straight away. And not necessarily just ECW nostalgia. I feel there's a bit of the attitude era nostalgia here. Yes, sure. Yes. The, the way wrestling was. I feel like this was very much big brother wrestling. Yeah. Like in, in the sense that my bigger brother, who was no longer watching wrestling for a good four or five years at this point, would be walking by and see this and be like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know? Because my brother and a lot of his generation, a lot of fans who stopped watching until maybe around the time of the pipe bomb, they rejected the John Cena, the Randy Orton, this mm-hmm. whole new crop of guys that came in. They thought they were phony, the phony tough of the crazy brain. Yep, that's <laughs> they, it. they didn't buy it. And the idea of them being ridiculed and fed to a hostile crowd here, mm. that's super duper it's exciting. Cathartic, mm. like. Would you want to see that now? Like, is, would, Are there people in wrestling you'd want to see put in front of a, a really rabid crowd and see them tested? Because I feel like someone like Roman Reigns is above that these days. I, I feel like... I am over that kind of feeling yeah. now. There, it was, there was unique then. A good few years ago, I remember when Roman started getting pushed over Brian and all that, I did have that sort of rabid kind of like, oh, I just want to see him fall on his face and watch their plans blow up. Whatever. You know, I wanted that moment of like, let's see everyone turn on him. I don't care anymore. No. Like, They're always going to have their people that they want you to cheer for or whatever. And, you know, 90% of the time, if you give them a chance, you probably will actually enjoy them in the end. Like, yeah. I feel like I don't have that level of like, anger at wrestling anymore that i used to have it feels like the last 10 years of repressed wrestling anger is kind of coming to a, a head here wrapped up in a nostalgic little package i feel like this crowd this presentation here is primarily like well let's say the last ecw one night stand it was like remember ecw that's a pure nostalgia yeah. Yeah. and this is kind of like remember ecw one night stand 2005 it's kind of like a photocopy of a photocopy. Yeah. And I think there is a little trepidation in the air that no one really knows what to expect at the start of this show. You know? Mm. Like, what direction does it take? Because I remember me, is like, at this point, I'm fucking salivating because like, I loved ECW. I loved mm-hmm. everything in the presentation. I was like, you know, I always was a fan, but I got introduced to a lot more with the DVD. A weekly TV show. I yeah. thought this is yeah. finally how, my chance to watch it week to week. How again. long before this pay per view had they announced that ECW was getting TV? Two weeks. Two weeks. And like so that's why you were probably going to have some trepidation that this is going to no be. Clue. You're going. You have no clue. And this is going to be whatever happens here is essentially the kickoff point. This is this is the pilot. I mean, Heyman and Dreamer have had offices in Stanford for like a year mm. getting this thing off the mm. ground. Yeah. I watched an interview with Sabu for when did the the How to episode about him, and he said. He had been contacted six months in advance, like in January of 06. Mm-hmm. Like, here's the plan. You're going to be, it's going to be weekly TV, all that. And I think there was still an idea of maybe it'll be a web show. We can kind of be experimental. Mm. Once he had the allure of TV rights and it mm. being on TV, it became something that could be changed yeah. a lot easier, less vision maybe or whatever it is. But that's why we open things up with happy Paul Heyman, who's here to put all of our trepidation and our qualms at ease. And he's going to shoot from the hip, just like he did last year, except he's very sober and a little bit more tired this time. Thank you! 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 Thank you!
Now we go back to where we were. This is better than Monday Night Raw. This is better than Friday Night SmackDown. Welcome to the rebirth of ECW. It doesn't quite ring as true as the, you know, Triple H didn't want to work Tuesday's epic no, rant of all time. This, this isn't a hot shoot right here. This is just Paul Heyman bigging up ECW. Did you guys catch how they introduced him here at the start? No. They said he's here on the way to the ring representing ECW. Oh, there's a lot of that tonight, isn't it? Yeah. You don't need to... It's like you coming on this show and saying, hey guys, Kevin here, I'm representing the Attitude Era podcast yeah. here on the Attitude Era podcast. Oh, well, actually, no, sorry, right for a second. I'm actually... Uh, I'm here, Kevin Man, I'm representing... Uh, Cinema, Cinema Swirl. Swirl. Yeah. Diddly D, one, two, three. Uh, <laughs> and I'm back now being Kevin from the Attitude Era, representing the Attitude Era podcast. Let's not muddy these waters any further now. It's getting right? a little bit crazy here now, right? I don't want Kevin Underground to suddenly make an appearance. <laughs> Paul Heyman returned to television to call McFoley a prostitute. Yep. Mm. And over and over and over again, this promo, he promises us one thing, folks. Revolution! Mm. Revolution is coming to syndicated national television. We're going to be on TV on Tuesday. Like, he's literally, like, saying to you, can you believe this? Yeah. Do you realize what's happening? As if the phrase, by popular demand, has lost all... We're coming back! We're going to pour our Kool-Aid down everyone's throats. This... The world is finally going to buy the original vision of ECW. I disagree with them doing this at the start of this pay-per-view. Because, like, like you just brought up there, they advertised that they've got a new TV show only two weeks ago. And even then, there was a sort of a murkiness on telly where it's like, wait, what's going on with ECW? They should have had him do this on Raw or on SmackDown, yeah. where he's like, this is what's going down. Gonna have a pay-per-view, we're getting a weekly show, and then have security come out and like take him away while everyone's like, everyone watch my show! Like, Do something yeah. to make it very clear that like this pay-per-view is going to be the launching point mm. for the new brand. The only thing we had in terms of a brand guideline was that they did a draft where he was allowed to pick one wrestler from Raw, one from SmackDown. Yes, he gets so two he, picks. He picked Rob Van Dam from Raw, and then on SmackDown he picked Kurt Angle. Yeah. And then Kurt Angle came out and he did one of the worst promos of his career. Oh. You want me to give you a, a nice cheap Mick Foley ripoff? Like, like selling out to the, anyone that is willing to give the biggest amount of cash right in front of your face? Huh? How about losing every bit of my wrestling ability and becoming a bona fide stuntman? Wow. That's right. Everything Ric Flair said about you, Mick, it's true. Oh, is that a fact, Kurt? Oh, that's a fact. Woo! Absolutely fucking dirt worst. And Heyman said regarding Kurt being signed that ECW wasn't going to just be about bleeding, barbed wire bats, and pile-driving women through tables. Yeah, don't get me wrong, there's going to be a lot of that. Fuck's but it's sake. also going to be about the athletic purity, the, mm -hmm. the, the wrestling aspect of it, and that's going to be represented by Kurt Angle. So it's going to be like old ECW, but more of the stuff that people forgot about the old ECW, like yeah. the technical wrestling yep. or whatever it is. And at the same time, it's going to represent ECW's past, present, and future. We're going to give an alternative for the fans. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> the concept of ECW died. <laughs> 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 
Oh my god. A pumped up, almost exclusively male crowd. Yeah. Fuck Paul Heyman for making every two-bit nickel and dime creep promoter want to open the show with a big rah-rah promo. Yeah. There would be no fucking painstaking UK indie scene. Here he comes. Hi everyone, I want to tell you about my... Shut up! <laughs> I'm here for nine hours watching Diddlers anyway. You're making it worse. <laughs> Get out! Triple H opening the show is because he likes what Heyman does here. Oh, you know, bless him. Hey, hey, we started a revolution. You know, I like, yep. that, I like that word revolution. Sure every, every fucking arsehole with six-figure salary in a suit wants yep. to talk about revolution. Revolution. Yeah, at least when Andy McManus did it, he wore a cool darts shirt. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Had a song. He did. At least just film it as a video like a coked up Tony Khan. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to announce that a revolution has started at AEW. <laughs> well, you don't need a revolution when you've got some sort of a religious upheaval because according to Paul Heyman, in the strangest terms possible, the tribe of extreme has risen again! Wow. What's the tribe of extreme? ECW. The bloodline? <laughs> tribe of is it kind of meant, like when he says that because Heyman's Jewish I thought it's meant to be like kind of a, a Jewish thing is no. that it no I, th I think he used that at the uh, invasion as well he used that as part of when ECW came is like everyone forgot about the tribe, oh, of, the extreme. tribe of extreme I think he's just meant to say sort of like not only is We're it a separate, separate brand, to you. we all have different philosophies, we have different backgrounds, we are a completely different cut of wrestler. There's something really funny as well about this two years after there is a DVD that comes out where Vince McMahon is like, and I called Paul and I said, if you keep doing things the way you're doing now that you're on national television, you'll be out of business in a year. And they were out of business in a year. And then you've got Paul Heyman literally being like, we're back on national TV. Mm. Historic wrongs will be righted. Historic glo global audiences used over and over again. Like yes. ECW mm. is going to become mainstream. Yep. I mean, it, things are a little bit edgy and, you know, the like in 06, but it was less so than the 90s. Like, this feels yeah, like we're trying to turn back the clock. I less of an appetite for this I can't now. even remember. How long does this last oh, how, oh. how long until ECW is dead I'm talking you get three or four months with ECW with any sort of a recognizable but Heyman's gone in 2007 isn't he he's gone at the end, you know, at the end of 06 oh, so, oh yeah oh, that's December, December's this December. year oh December. shit wow. yeah. so it's a quick turnaround yeah. you know he, he comes in hard and he goes out quick you know as he as he means to go on I guess the thank you Pauly chance I will say maybe park those folks until you watch the first couple of weeks of TV yeah let's see you know? a character called the zombie to introduce you guys right. to. I just felt like Bray Wyatt here watching this all the people going like yes ECW ECW I'm like they're lying to you man <laughs> <laughs> he tell you lies you want to hear them I, I really felt like I wanted to go back in time and tell myself don't get invested no don't get excited about this don't write that column for nodq.com <laughs> about how excited you are about the new breed unleashed <laughs> can we talk oh, about man. that was, what's what's that can we have a segment on every pay-per-view going forward where you find your old Hasselmania columns and I, read them I'll out. tell you right now I have emailed and DM'd mm. Aaron Rift of NoDQ.com, uh -huh. who has no sold it like Simon and Schuster. Oh no! So even you on red. I'm just saying the archives may be out there. Who knows what hot takes Cowboy Kevin had mm. back in 2006? Mm. 
but I mentioned Stevie Richards a lot. <laughs> As if this audience don't need to be have don't need their egos to be fed anymore. Paul Heyman is literally on his hands and knees while the entire <laughs> audience is chanting "Thank you, Paulie" over and over and over again. And then he goes, "This is better than Monday Night Raw." Then he stops and goes, "Oh wait, I forgot. Yeah. I need to tell you that I will be the Messiah of the New Breed Unleashed, the Rabbi of the Revolution." And the swinging schlong of extreme. And we're better than SmackDown. It's ECW, folks. Oh, <laughs> nailed it. Now, what kind of a... If we're going to divide up between the three of us, which one of us is the Messiah of the New Breed Unleashed? Who is the Rabbi of the Revolution? And who is the swinging schlong of extreme? I mean, who who picks first or who picks last? It feels we, like they're all cursed. Mm, I feel like I want to take the Rabbi role here. Yeah. I, the, you're the wise man, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm not I, gonna lie. When I hear swinging schlong of extreme, I'm just basically like, who's got out of the three of us, who's got the biggest big dick energy. No, it's, it's not. That. Well, there's I'm, only one way to find out. <laughs> I'm the tallest. I, but that doesn't mean that I've got the tallest dick. It's the swinging schlong of the extreme. And when I think of extreme, I think of like boys' picks, uh, like Billy Joker wild card over here. That's it. Like, you're swinging, you know, wild okay. wrecking ball. I'll like. be a swinging dick. That means I am the messiah of a new breed unleashed. Because you can't yeah, that makes sense. Oh, that makes there sense, it. yeah. So it's the most sacrilegious to me. Yeah. So it makes the most <laughs> yeah. sense. Fine. Grand. I grew up five years in these five minutes, lads. Yeah. I swear to God. I was, you could ask Joe, I was so excited. I got up at like seven in the morning. Oh, Kevin. Big pot of coffee. It's ECW day. Yay. No. Yep. What point was it that brought you back down to earth? This. This. The, the Paul Heyman promo. It was like, so bad. Because yeah. I come to learn that I can tell a little bit when Heyman is like, He's lying to convince himself yep. versus when he's lying to convince all of ye. Mm. And he's working hard to convince all of ye because he knows there's no convincing himself right now. Oh. It's uh, recently, on, uh, recently on Dax Harwood's podcast, he told a time where like they were being called in the revival to do some bullshit like show and they were like, they were booked 30 days in a row. Like, no, we're not doing it, Paul. We're not doing it. And Paul's like, hang on a second and pretends to talk to Vince. Going, yeah, Vince, they said they don't want to do it. For fuck's They've sake. got family commitments. Hang on. Yeah. Okay, Vince agrees with you guys, and we're gonna let you, we're gonna, you know. Sake. And he's like, "Stop pretending you're on the phone to him, man. Aww. I know you're not." <laughs> it's a new breed unleashed. Why have we got the same graphics that we had from last year? Yeah, it, this is really considering we're meant to be launching the future of mm. ECW here. We we get the old music, we get the old footage from the original '97 run. That's the ECW and TNN, the big 3D ECW with Barbara. Uh, do you know that there is a version of this theme? With lyrics. Lyrics. With lyrics. Yeah, I've got them here. It's Extreme Championship Wrestling. Um, yeah, it is very, very funny. If you ever wondered why CZW got the uh, idea to do a whole song with lyrics, it's because of this. I didn't know that either. Show the world you've got heart. One bell rings. A battle starts. No! And it's Paul <laughs> doing it with himself layered over as well. Uh, it's great. Maybe we'll do one of those ECW albums for uh, Corporate Ministry. I want to be an ECW extremist. Have fun with my family and friends. And buy the new ECW One Night Stand DVD. Sponsored by X. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Joey Styles welcomes us. To the rebirth of ECW! Uh, I, I forgot until I saw Joey that this this is what 
I'm gonna have to listen to. Not a but, fan of him on commentary. No, What's I don't. What's the problem? It's the it's the purple pros. It's just the him just. Sorry, purple pros. What does that mean? It's it's like adding a bunch of words in because you like the sound of your own voice of your own writing. Right. Well, like Mauro Ronaldo does that type of a thing. I, I'm not. I wasn't a fan of Mauro doing it either. Really? I mean, yeah, I, just like hit and miss for me a bit. I guess. Yeah, just fr- fr- throwing in like metaphors and adjectives, just like just. This is like you can just get to the point and say what you need to say. Like I'm, I'm fine with color commentary. Yeah, mm. just Joey Styles' flavor of it. I'm not a fan of. But then we were saying the last episode, Bill. That's one of the reasons why he got the heave ho from Raw because yeah. he had his pre-prepared yeah. bits. Yes, yeah. And that King and Coach couldn't deal with it. It's that. That's the, It feels so un. I like a. I like a commentary team to feel natural. Yeah, mm. and. Joey doesn't seem natural because he writes everything down. I feel Joey Styles, maybe half the reason why he was so good on his own wasn't because he was so amazing, you know, he could do it on his own. It's more like, I don't think anyone ever gelled with Joey Styles. Yep. And that's all me criticizing his commentary because I have a lot of time for it. Probably more time than either of you because yes. I've got the nostalgia for it from back in the day. But it feels like whether it's Joel Gertner or Cyrus or Taz here or King or whoever it is, it feels like they're not working together. They're always kind of fighting against each other a little bit. And that's mm. I like a bit of combativeness in my commentary. Yeah. Yeah, this is this lazy shy commentary mm. tonight where Yeah. Yeah, we'll get yeah. into it. it. Like it's a it's a sore spot for the show. Joey with others and others with Joey, they don't yes and each other. Yeah. No. Like they they just have their own they stick to their own lanes and talk to over each other. I think the one person who did a good job with it was when Mick Foley did the commentary with him the previous year because I think Mick had such reverence for Joey he laid out and was I think Mick didn't have big ideas about being a commentary. No, he's gonna let Joey do his thing. Very respectful. Whereas, yeah, the the duo tonight doesn't work out very well. And I will say the main reason for this is whoever decided to start the show with one of the commentators tonight coming out of retirement to wrestle another commentator. These lads were not prepared for this. It's a fucking WWF match. Taz versus King again. Like, this should have been halfway through the show. Jerry's got a mic. Yep. Runs down ECW and, Taz, and, and then Taz just goes fuck yeah. it in the ring now. Not even a match, just yeah. choke him out. Do a segment. Like. Can I just say as well, watching the network, there's so much stuff that like the WWE had that they've lost the rights to. Like Taz's entrance theme, the the Jimmy Hart Harry and the Slash Tones version of War Machine by by Kiss. It's been replaced with just another. They've, they've dubbed Generic. over. There's a couple of songs tonight mm. they get dubbed mm. over that I thought that they had the rights to, but I think they must have lapsed or whatever it mm. was. I mean, I like that they use Jerry Lawler as the guy to stir up the old anti-ECW resentment because it made there be distinct lines between Raw, SmackDown, and ECW. This is like meant to be a different show. It's hardcore. The King doesn't like that, and he'll talk shit about it. It only works to a point because he ends up talking kind of just shit about it, saying that it's kind of less than and not very good. And yep. Taz... I don't think his heart is in it. I think if he no. was asked, he'd rather not have to do a wrestling gimmick when mm. he is retired. Yeah, because he doesn't look like Taz. He looks like Taz. Mm. <laughs> As in, oh, like, right, yeah. We've got Taz with two Zs trying to look like Taz with one Z, this but he Taz. ultimately is Taz with two Zs. This is Taz with three Zs here. He's going to fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I know I'm nitpicking here, but Taz coming out to the ring looking like a badass and people you know, trying to give him the little bit of you know mystique or whatever. He's got the towel on. 
his trousers are caught in his boot. Oh, Taz. And I don't know why that is, but it's like it's like in The Apprentice when their tie is done up wrong. I can't yeah. stop looking at it. And Jerry Lawler's forgotten his crown. Yeah. Where did he get this one? This is heel crown right here. Like. Fuck me, I've seen this one in the pound shop. Yeah. This is bad. And straight away, as soon as King comes out, hands on the hips, he's an evil heel from Memphis. There's a million reasons to hate him. Joey Styles just straight goes in like season one of the Attitude podcast. Look at him. He's fat. Yep. I don't like that. You've got so much to work with here, Joey. Mm. I will say the heat for King is nuclear. Yeah, love it. it. it yeah, seeing, seeing an entire like room of people flipping him off yep. is very cathartic. And after we get like such awful generic shite jerry on raw every week it's nice to see this sort of 97 evil king yes back again yeah. for one night it's given him a shot in the arm a little bit yeah, yeah. And, and it's and it's always nice to see when when you put a wrestler who's not from this world in this world see how they handle it yes and jerry fucking he's fucking loving oh yeah, oh, yeah. being Thrives flipped off and having been screamed at by we his talked crowd. about it in the 97 season mm-hmm. you know king did so much for this brand and mm-hmm. people like you know still like to buy the old heel adage of Working him like oh, themselves I, into I hate a shoe. it for real mm-hmm. like you know yeah he fucking hated it easy fucking money i'm sure jerry law is happy to get a pay-per-view paycheck right? yeah and what's he have to do here he open hand slaps joey styles which he's probably been wanting to do for a long time yeah, anyway. Yeah. Many months in the making. <laughs> and then he comes in the ring. He faces off with Taz. Joey Styles grabs him for a chokehold. He then picks him up for a Joey Style driver. And, which I was like, yes, do it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just have no commentators tonight. It'll be great. Just pile Can you imagine Taz lone manning? I would love Fuck that. Hell. But yeah, I want to see Joey Styles get pile driven so hard he stops calling Barack Obama. Barack Hussein Obama. Uh, pile driven so hard so he doesn't think that snow is a global warming conspiracy from liberals. Put some sense into him. We then have Taz locking in the Taz mission and King strong style Memphis, Tennessee. He doesn't tap. He passes out. Yeah. King never gave up. He passed out <laughs> from the pain. I don't. I don't understand the choice of that. It's like I'm sure he would have. Like is that is that Jerry saying? I'm not gonna tap. I don't know. I think it makes it look more brutal. Like yeah, I think he passed, he's, he's passed out passed before out. he had a chance to tap. That's like, it. Like the move know, is so scary. I thought this was literally like wrestling fantasy camp. Yes. Like if you gave Jerry Lawler three thousand dollars, you could do this in a trench. <laughs> or you give Taz fifty thousand dollars, you could do this in Red Hook. <laughs> yeah, it just felt like I don't know. Like it was a dying wish of one of the men involved in yeah. here that they do this. I mean, considering there was no rest, and this is a great magic trick. You know, it was a fun little segment. Wave the wand, got the fans to yeah. pop. Yeah, it was know? exciting for them. I disagree with opening the show with it. I think that's no. weird. I guess that maybe this is only here because I'm assuming you would know about it, Kevin, but we were meant to get Chris Benoit versus Dean Malenko in like an Eddie Guerrero tribute match. Yeah. Right. And Benoit was injured at the minute, so they couldn't do that. So I'm guessing there was a little bit of we need to fill time on this show. And I think as well, if you're starting a new television program on sci-fi, they wanted to have the announced team to have a bit of a storyline or have a bit of a bond or whatever yeah. it is. But it's the type of thing where I think Taz never references this ever again and would mm. probably rather us not talk about it. Mm. I was quite worried that these lads in their late 40s were now going to have to call a two and a half hour pay-per-view after probably physically exerting themselves and feeling mm. themselves full of more adrenaline than they've ever experienced in the last five years. Oh. And we cut back to Joey Styles and Taz, who are drenched yes. in sweat they are and glossy. super low energy. They are mm. crashing after mm. match one. 
uh, we then cut to a lengthy video of the Big Show winning a battle royale for ECW. Oh, I love me a raw recap on fucking ECW, yeah. baby. This fucking battle royale was miserable. All yep. the ECW lads came out. They basically all got eliminated except for Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle, yeah. like the last man standing for ECW. And then Kurt Angle got eliminated and Big Show was like, I'm <laughs> and let me tell you, I saw it back in the day on WWE.com Unlimited, and it doesn't exist anymore, and I will never forget, never forget the promo that Big Show did in black and white for WWE.com Unlimited. Black and white. Black and white, Big Show sat down in a chair with Paul Heyman, just being like, you tell him, Paul. Tell him, tell him why he joined us. And he's like, you ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> so I've got the... I'll... <laughs> I'll lock Thunder's ass up and throw lightning in jail, man. You ain't seen nothing yet. Okay. <laughs> you show him, big man. You show him, big man. Show the element. This is the same series of interviews in the black and white that also had Terry Funk said, Mick, I'm going to see you on Sunday and I'm going to be at the stand. I'm not talking about the, the lemonade stand. I'm talking about the last stand. <laughs> at the ECW one night stand. What oh, a pro. My God, what a pro. So, yeah, has the big show ever been put in a more difficult situation than having to wear two fucking t-shirts in the lengthy yeah, battle royale seriously dude I'd be fucking wet with sweat as well Jesus Christ his eyes look like they're going to fall out of his head how is this an acceptable start to a pay-per-view we're nearly half an hour in yep we've had a 10 minute recap package and two announcers roll around and don't forget a shit Paul Heyman promo yep. as well oh yeah we cut back and Taz and Joey are even more tired now. Yeah, that package took it out of us, baby. That's a long come down, huh? Look, okay, it's been a ropey start, but come on, let's actually get some proper yeah. ECW yeah. action. Get on the some go. ECW originals. Let's just fucking yeah. give the fans just like we what used they to. want, baby. Come on, it's Randy Orton versus Kurt Angle. Oh. Kurt Angle, who's been on the rough fucking roads in this one. Let me tell you, mm. uh, he is a utility player right now. Where it's the case that if there's stick and plaster needed, Kurt Angle is taken yeah. and put there straight away. Moved to SmackDown because they needed a guy there after Batista got injured. After he'd been moved to Raw because John Cena needed an opponent. Mm. This is a man who said he'd break Jesus' ankle because he was asked to as a utility player. <laughs> and now he's going to ECW where, you know, the plan is small arenas like yeah. this. And you're still working in a time where it's your downside guarantee, cut of the house... And your merchandise. And I feel like the ECW t-shirts split 39 ways are going to be pretty... I was going to say. Dickens no, at that point. No matter yeah. how you slice it, this is the C show. And for a guy like Kurt Angle, yeah, that's a it's, huge it's, fucking it's devotion. It's no real wonder that he has got like one foot already out the door. Yeah. I was going to say, he is close to his, the end of his time here. Yeah, now, he's, right? he's, yeah. He is. Like... <sighs> The problem is, is like I want to find out about like what's going on here properly, you know, with Kurt and where he's at, at this moment in time because I know he's in a lot of pain. I know that he's got a lot of problems, and I checked out his podcast because I keep being told You've by Adam got to stop listening to these wrestlers' podcasts because Adam Kevin. told me to stop listening to Mick Foley's podcast and Kurt's podcast. It's not a, it, let's just say it's not a William Regal. Let me tell you about all the deep dark things I was into in '06. Okay. All it literally is is like, wow, Rey Mysterio, what a competitor. He had a connection with the fans that was unrivaled. What are your thoughts on Randy Orton? Wow, one of the all-time greats. Uh, what a heel in the ring. A master of controlling a crowd. Aww. Randy Orton, one of my all-time favorite opponents. And The Undertaker. Well, he is the phenom after all. One of the all-time greats. <laughs> wow, it feels the chill in the air when the dead man comes calling. You know, it just, Aww. he's great at 
hosting or doing whatever it is. But you he, get on great on the network. They yeah, love that. That's shit, it. Like. And if you want that, it's there. But Kurt Angle's not going to tell you like how many fucking painkillers he needed to get through no. at this point in time. And that's or, fair. That's fair. That's part of his life. You just want to talk about or go into detail about. But all I could say is I see Kurt in 06 and I just, I kind of worry nonstop. Mm. He looks sore. And we're not going to see Kurt much more. I think this might be the last time we see Kurt this season. Mm. He is one of those people that there are not very many cases like this, but knowing where he's at these days makes me a lot more at ease watching him at his worst. Knowing that things work out for him makes me be less anxious when I watch his old matches. Just when you hear about, you know, where he was at in terms of his pain and his neck and his back Mm. and all that, it's like, and he's wrestling at... You, know, you want to talk about the current angle we saw, say, in uh, Season 3. We thought, whoa, he's really amped up the game here. And oh six, this dude, like, the rest of the machine moniker is a fishing one, let's yeah. just oh, it is. say. This is like peak Kurt Angle in a and lot of ways. His, and he says it's his favourite that he, he did. This is his favourite version of him. I can't blame him. I love evil this. fucking killer. The character is so fucking well, it's good. Not even, it's not even evil. It's just no, he's scary. a killer. Yeah, he's, scary, yeah, he's yeah. a scary killer. Is this your favourite Kurt? Because I always love Goofy Kurt. I love Goofy Kurt, mm. but this Kurt I had a lot of time for when yeah. I when I was a teenager. There is a lot of the presentation here which we're meant to be mocking as ECW viewers, such as Randy Orton coming out with fireworks? Oh. Fireworks in ECW? Come on. Randy throughout this what is a pro. so fucking great. This is masterful. John gets all the love and attention in the world, and rightly so for this, mm-hmm. but Randy Orton... This is a master at work here. Yeah. Because there's one thing coming in is the, the pushed over baby face who we reject. You coming in as a heel mm. and still and the crowd hates you because you're a WWE lad or whatever, but still finding a way to get under their skin. Yep. When that person punches him coming down the ramp and he stops and he turns and he just like titters to himself. Yep. Oh, what a scummy, yeah. slimy fucker he comes across. He as. He, lo- he loves being a heel. Yes. Yes. Like so much like he is, and this is the one thing that Kurt did reveal in, when he was talking about this when I checked out his, the episode of his podcast. He said that Randy's best skill as a heel was simmering the crowd down. And mm. Randy was just excited for this opportunity. The crowd was so rowdy. They were so over the top. And there's a lot of people who see this match and think, oh, the crowd got bored or the crowd got restless. But what it is, it makes some purpose. Yeah. Randy grind them down he with fucking yeah. headlocks yep. and chin locks and going in the corner what he does best baby and there's a big shit eating grin on his face that's what I love and it made you want to see Kurt Angle explode and do some suplexes yep. you, you know you can tell he is having the time of his yeah. life being an asshole here. he gives the crowd what they need without yes. them realising yeah. it for yes. the benefit of us at home watching and the show and he's 25 years old yeah. here so good he's like, a, he's like an old veteran here yeah. Kurt Angle says that Randy's calling the match here. Anytime him Randy wrestled, Randy, yep, you're in charge. Wow. And Kurt's like, I know he's still probably wrestling only five years of this, six years at this point. He's, he's more of a veteran than Randy is for but yeah, sure. And Randy's like a, a kid. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm. Fucking hell. The man who now calls ECW his home, Kurt Angle! I love this ring announcer. I love yeah. Steve DeAngelis. I fucking love him. I love that his voice just can't do it! He's no Mark Erickson, bless him. <laughs> it's, uh, it's so weird hearing uh, Kurt's theme without hearing You Suck. They've remixed oh, it. I hate this fucking awful <laughs> <remix>. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, 
I made a mistake in the multi-track. Mm. Fucking horrible. It's just, it's just weird to see a crowd like just not even like jokingly do it. No. It's, it's, it's just like it's a clean, <laughs> a clean break. Jokingly. No, because like you know when he came back and everyone <laughs> yeah. loves Kurt, yeah, yeah, and he's yeah. like <laughs> weird little smile on his face, and he's pointing at the crowd. Uh, I like, suck. Yeah, we all I suck. suck. I <laughs> suck. You know, pour milk on yourself. Hey, it's the Olympic funny man. Hey, Olympic funny man. No. <laughs> Drive a truck again and wear a hat. <laughs> Stupid idiots. We've got a lot of chance here tonight, folks. Well, a lot of yeah. them. Not all chance are created equal, and we have not got an exhaustive list of all of them. A lot of them made me put my head in my hands. Yeah, most of them. A lot of ones about Randy being a pussy, mm-hmm. and Randy sucking dick, mm. Randy swallowing yeah. cum yeah. that yeah. had come out of yeah. a dick. Like a gay person yeah. would. Yeah, Angle's going to kill you, though. We get that going. Yeah, Angle's going to... And, and fuck him up, Angle. Yeah. Fuck him these up. these I... were like Ring of Honor slash kind of you know, indie chance yes. you'd hear. You'd never hear Joe Danielson, else. hearing them here, that was like big for me, because mm. this is stuff I would be seeing on the wrestling channel. I thought... WWE has I felt here like we felt a little bit in the last few years that WWE's like dipping its toe into the international waters yeah, the multiverse the of multiverse wrestling, of like, wrestling a little bit yeah I love the beautiful simplicity of a fuck you Orton chant yeah. Like, yeah just straight to the point I love the slaps I love the style of wrestling that is I say it, this isn't a gimmick now this is commonplace I think if I watch like a Moxie or a Danielson or whoever it is in this day and age a lot of this is incorporated into that style. But yeah. in 016, Krangle just slapped someone in the back yeah. of the head mm. like that. That was unheard of. You know, that was new. That was really exciting. So fucking good. The sheer physicality of Kurt Angle. Like. So, so far, is this ECW? No, not really. But the one thing they've told us that's going to be different is this. And mm. I like this. Mm. And I'll happily watch lots and lots and yeah. lots of this. Yes, please. And there's a rare catharsis for seeing someone like Randy Orton seemingly being got to by the crowd yep. even though you know that he's 100% on board with this and he's loving the rowdy mm. atmosphere. And you've got the beautiful combo of him being seemingly got to by the crowd and Kurt just like walking all over him doing like these kind of takedowns that look like shoot takedowns that you would see in like mixed martial arts or whatever like Randy is getting thoroughly schooled proper mm. fish out of water style. Do you reckon if you s- stripped away the crowd chance this is much of a match because I feel like the atmosphere brings so much to it but it's not like a move heavy match really. i think even without the chance and the antagonistic crowd this is still a great tells match. a good story randy a... running away at the yeah, start constantly it. you can still do this with randy being a cocky heel and like you know underestimating kurt or being mm. scared of kurt the fact that you have the crowd also playing into it as much as they do just makes it even better yeah right yeah i think you could do it but what i was thinking about like, because i was just thinking about how potentially fickle the ECW fans are like no what do you reckon the reaction would have been if the roles were reversed in terms of like the person who'd made ECW their home was Randy would they would they have accepted that or would they have no. cheered my, that my fantasy book in my head always and I thought this was like, and I think actually I remember when they did like someone I'm not sure if it was Cornette or there was, they did like one of the kayfabe conferences did like a rebook the invasion or a rebook ECW mm. relaunch and I always love the idea of Randy is sent to ECW, but as punishment. And he's moaning that he's not getting the big That'd checks, he's not in the big arenas. That'd be so and when good. he is put in the ring with a Stevie Richards or a Nunzio, he's going to kick their fucking head off because he's sick of this place. Yeah. And he wants he wants out. How do you get out? I don't know, win the title, Randy, or beat Sandman in the stairway to hell. Yeah. Like, do whatever it is. He's like, fucking fine, I'll do it. Because you know from his matches with mm. Cactus, you know, yeah. that he can do that I extra level. I fucking love that. But I think, yeah, that would have been a very interesting... Mm. I mean, 
Randy's one of those guys where if you say it like to anyone who was an ECW fan at the time, like, no, we don't want that. But it's again, it's what's good for you, you know? Yeah, it is. You, you need to see this guy. You want someone to rile you up. But I definitely don't think they would have, if they reversed the roles, they wouldn't embrace him the way they're embracing Kurt here. I think Kurt has, with the wrestling machine gimmick and the legitimacy of him mm. being a gold medalist, sure, he's not really an ECW guy, but we at least respect him. Yeah. Randy, I feel like, is a proper figurehead of the sort of like, Cause, cause... you're a WWE boy, your dad was famous, and now you went through, you yeah. hot shot it through FCW yeah, yeah, or whatever. Because yeah, yeah. when you look like... at it, Kurt was in ECW for five minutes, said it was sacrilegious, and told him to fuck off. Yeah, he's not like, ECW he's by any He's not an means. ECW guy. He, he nearly got taken down by Taz and embarrassed when they did yes. that bit. And then last year at 1905, he led the group of ECW Crusaders. He did. Which he did in the midst of his Charmel bestiality storyline as well. <laughs> <laughs> where there was a lengthy, long, uncomfortable sequence where he sat down, sweaty beside Taz, and said, I'm going to stay here all night until you tell me if you're ECW or WWE. And Taz just sat there quietly beside sweaty Kurt Angle all night long. And yeah. when the calls like, Kurt Angle is sick. Did you hear what he called Charmel? He's sick. He's sick. And the ECW fans embraced him anyway. Yeah. I think it's like, you can be very fickle as a fan if someone's a good wrestler. I don't give a shit. Like, mm. you know, I'll, I'll do whatever. Yeah, yeah, I just want to see you do your thing or whatever it is. Taz, you don't need to give this man an excuse to clock off early. And Taz is in that, I've done my match. I've gotten the pop. Night off Let's now, chill folks, out. You know, <laughs> yeah. like feet up on the table. Yeah. It's basically, Taz is acting like I'm going to be acting after we finish this podcast recording <laughs> except he's in the middle of a pay-per-view yeah. the feet are up he's giggling at chance mm-hmm. yeah. you got Joey Styles going and the biggest stars here tonight Taz are the great ECW fans we just love them so much yeah. Yeah. Wait, wait till we try and do a TV show on cable from this arena in a couple of weeks mm. time you, you, you just see that the fans then, you're you? gonna love the chance they, aren't they, you they just start like casually talking as well like they start talking about an unnamed commentary team member who steals their lines. Yeah, there's been a lot of... Like, they're doing little sly to... fucking childish dick. Is, like... is it King? They're going on a coach, I'm they're, they're playing it up for the whole sort of, like, ECW mm. is better kind of thing, but there's a lot of this sort of, like... Feels really I'm not lazy. used to commentating with a play-by-play guy that knows the names of the moves. Like, a lot of that kind of stuff. As the match went on, I couldn't help, and I feel this is my, this is my own personal issue with this, it's just that I couldn't help but dwell on Kurt's kind of state of being because once the match got into that home stretch this dude had like extra veins appearing yeah. in his head which is good because of all the extra blood in his body yeah. I say it's got too much when we got to the end of this match I thought this match is like the clue they show you at the start of an episode of Columbo and the crime is his last run in WWE <laughs> I was like, why did he have that awful match with Joe and Ray and Baron Corbin and it's like oh wait remember the start of the episode yeah. he did this that's the reason. Mm. Hell. He wasn't looking after himself here. No, clearly not. Yeah, you no. know, it was pills and booze as opposed to yoga and, you know, his anti-gravity chamber. Okay. He has an anti-gravity okay. chamber. He's quite in the fucking Sims or something. No, seriously, like, he does. Fuck? He goes in the anti-gravity chamber now. Yeah. He's given him years of his life back. Yes. Yeah. I, I did enjoy toward the end of this, Randy just resorting to biting. Angle. Yes. <laughs> like, Randy biting somebody. My spot of this match is just Randy does the strong Irish whip on Kurt and he whips him so hard that Randy takes a bump. But not, <laughs> but like, you know, Triple H tough enough. What's yeah, the bump like that and a blah, like a big mm. snap on it like. beautiful the chants start going a little bit away with themselves go fuck Cena 
was one of them. Sorry, did the audience's bigger brother come in and take over yeah, here for what's going on? And then Taz, to his credit, tries to like do what they don't do later on, which is address the chance and talk about it. The fans are saying you can't wrestle mm-hmm. at, at Randy. And like Taz like says that as like this is a serious insult. That's what they're saying. They say no matter what he does, he can't wrestle. He's not good enough in their eyes. And I'm like Fair fucks you to say that, Taz, because you know he can. Yeah. Like, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a bullshit narrative. Of all the, like, childish chants, like, you can't wrestle, like, is simply just not true. Mm. Look at the man. No matter what you think of him, even if you think he's boring, he's a fucking great wrestler. At least it's no, you can't work. Oh, no, that's, that's that one. So cutting. He's there for Curtis Hughes and no one yeah. else. Yeah, like. please retire. Orton sucks dick. Ugh. Orton swallows, tightens up the headlock, wrenches on it every time you yeah. do it. And it's around the time they start chatting boring and they all realize what they're doing and they kind of stop. Mm. And Randy's like, ha, 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 <laughs> I win. I told you, ignore them. Roland Germans, Randy counters the angle slam. And then we get less enthusiastic, you suck dick chance. The slap when Orton cross bodies Kurt Angle off the oh. top rope. There's a man who wasn't doing that cross body very often after no. 02 and he brought it out tonight ankle lock and not just a tap out but a proper like yeah the satisfying heel tap out the way he sells mm. this ankle break at I the end love it. because demands yeah. to be carried out yeah he demands he literally puts his fingers on like two i need two guys to carry <laughs> <all that. laughs> and he's just like he's pissed off yeah it's not like he's like he has to be stretched away it's like he knows because in storyline he was suspended but the storyline was that kurt broke his ankle so he's right. re-injured it here I thought it was a fucking masterpiece how Randy conducted himself in this match. Yeah, he was so good. And then he's hobbling away and right at the end before he goes back in the curtain again, he looks around at the fans and like waves and smiles like, oh, my, my adoring fans. fans. <laughs> yeah, Kurt embraced by the crowd here. Yes. And I think in terms of something successfully been done here tonight, with the exception of the main event, this was, I think, unimpeachable. I don't yep. think you could say there was anything about this that was done wrong or you no, should have changed. No. This, was this, this was like a near perfect match. Absolutely. And, you know, the ECW vibe in terms of the rejection of that character in Orton, the chance, the rowdiness, all of that was there and I felt it was there throughout. Yeah. Randy managed to kind of bottle it up a little bit. It felt like an ECW atmosphere. It didn't feel like Kurt Angle versus Randy Orton with, with no chairs, no nope. weapons, mm. None of nothing done, like no rule break in or anything. It was a straight wrestling match, but the vibe was different to what you'd see on Raw or SmackDown. That's it. We joked at the start of this match about like, oh, it's two WWE guys, but this still felt very ECW. Mm. And it really showed that Kurt like would actually fit in really well with this style. Him doing the wrestling machine on this product yeah. is a really natural I mean, fit. Randy would fit in this. Give us yeah. this heel, Honestly, Randy. That, that punishment idea you said there, that would have been fucking glorious. Uh, Joey Styles says that Kurt Angle is victorious in his first match in ECW Except it's not. He was in the extreme ECW versus WWE Battle Royale ECW versus ECW head-to-head. That's funny. It didn't feel as good to point that out as I thought it would. No. Interesting that. Oh. Maybe I should tweet him I instead. I was going to say, try yeah. Twitter instead. Kurt doing ECW chants with his mouth guard in. It's like Mr. Blobby. Randy gets a pussy chant, and Joey's like, maybe it's uh, maybe it's talking about a cat. Maybe that's what they're doing. And then Taz goes, door Randy Orton. <laughs> oh, Taz, that's good. That yeah, not, maybe maybe he's a pussy. Not not a bad uh, not a bad night at the office for these two. Uh, commentary mm. 
It's only going to get worse from here. Coming up next, Full-Blooded Italians versus Team Lunar Eclipse. It's the sun and the moon of ECW as Tajiri and Super Crazy team up. This is a dream. Tajiri's back. Tajiri's back. Last time we saw him in WWE would have been at the previous year's One Night Stand. He's been back in uh, he's been back doing school, learning how to be a manga creator over in, uh, in Japan. That's what he was doing at this time. Yeah, he no got an way. opportunity to start doing some shots for some uh, smaller Japanese promotions. He got the bucket one and he was like, I want to learn how to tell a story properly like Vince McMahon does. So he went to university and took a course in writing manga. Wow. To map, he's like map out characters, storylines, arcs. Again, I talked about it in the Tough Enough episodes last year, but that Tajiri book, uh, it's as interesting as it is ill-translated. <laughs> <laughs> but this is a dream matchup for me. Uh, any of you guys got any experience with the FBI, Lil Guido, a.k.a. Nunzio, Tony Mamaluke, and Big Guido? Big Guido looks like a cross... Like, if, if Till Lindemann from Ramstein <laughs> and, Sil- and Silvio from The Sopranos had a baby... <laughs> Like, he's a crazy-looking individual. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. Uh, also, a busy year 2006 for Big Guido, as I did a little bit of research and found out he was in My Super Ex-Girlfriend this year. No way. The only man tonight who's shared screen time with Uma Thurman. That's right. So, not not just Jesse the Body Ventura, a wrestling alum who shared the screen with Uma Thurman, also Big Guido as well. It's a select club. That includes Jesse the Body Ventura and Big Guido <laughs> from the FBI. What a club. They don't have the No Sleep Till Brooklyn ripoff theme anymore. Oh. So it's just the classic FBI. Uh. And uh, I re- <laughs> read in uh, Brian Gewertz's book, he went on and on about it. Like, there's certain people who Paul Heyman would keep trying to push over and over again. We just. We, he meant Nunzio. Nunzio's the guy he meant. Uh, oh. Heyman managed to successfully pitch Nunzio laying out the Undertaker with a steel chair once. Wow. And it never was referenced again after that fact. Yeah, you don't say. But in fairness, if it's Nunzio, Johnny the Bull Stamboli, and Chuck Palumbo coming after you, you're going to get whacked. You're or, fucked, mate. Or marry Billy Gunn. You're One fucked. of those things is going to happen there. I don't think I've ever seen FBI in any capacity whatsoever before. Really? But I do remember in school, we had one friend that quietly carried on watching wrestling once everyone had stopped. And occasionally he would like try and bring it up or whatever and we'd just like immediately dismiss it and shut it down. And one of the things that we would often take the piss out of him for was that he liked a wrestler called Tony Mamaluke. Yeah. And we were like... Grow up <laughs> with your Tony Mamaluke. How can you take that seriously? Tony Mamaluke, one of the lads who was pegged as being a, an up and coming star. Yeah. And out of the crop of people from the original ECW who was re signed, he was one who still was on the younger sides because he was a fucking kid when he wrestled there in like 2000, 2001. There was a view that maybe he could be a you know, cruiserweight or, you know, he could be Denzel's friend. You know, he, could, oh, he had, you know, there was a few people that were like, okay, maybe ECW, but other prospects could for you spot. as yeah. well. Let me tell you, warm welcome for these lads from this audience. The crowd is still yeah. hot. And that's one thing I always love about an ECW-esque, because this isn't a real ECW crowd, but an ECW-esque mm. crowd. Love and passion for the top, middle, and bottom of the yes. cards. Yeah. Full appreciation. Yeah, and Nice I, welcome back chance for Tajiri. Yeah. yeah, and Tajiri looks fired up here. He does, he looks great. Super crazy, very happy to not be riding a lawnmower on heat. Jesus Christ, that's where he's been at. Six months removed from oh that, let me tell you. And the crowd 
endearingly question mark we get immediate where's my pizza chance where's my pizza because they're Italian Italian yeah yeah and I I get that it's done at them because their heels or whatever it is but I just feel like whatever the feeling is when I was watching the Attitude back in the day and I hope my parents didn't come in I had to explain something it's like that condensed down into a fine concentrate mm. like it's like a a jelly stock cube hmm. of like all the things that are regrettable about wrestling. The shame. And I just feel like if you're passionate about this show, fine. I was at one point as well, but we all have to admit the boat has truly sailed. Mm-hmm. Like if, if, if you're under the age of 30, I don't expect you to give this any quarter. No. Nor should anyone try to make yeah, you. Yeah, why bother? Because it's pretty disagreeable, a lot of it. We get Nacho Libre chance. Nacho yeah. fuck. Because apparently yeah. Nacho Libre is one of the sponsors for Raw. Right. Yeah. But Feel the power of Nacho Libre. Oh, God almighty. Now, there is some forced banter here between Joey and Taz. And let's just say they're no cannon and ball. They're no fish and chip. They don't have, they don't have the Blackpool synergy. Is yeah, what they're, I'm they're no dandelion and burdock. Exactly, are they? exactly. <laughs> because they start talking about Japan, and Tajiri is literally right off the plane. Yeah. And Joey's like, "Can you imagine what that's like, Taz, wrestling when you're you're jet lagged like that? How long is the flight from Japan?" And Taz's like, "Oh, you know, from the US, that's around 13, 15 hours, and that's if it's direct." And Joey goes, "Ha ha! Well, an ECW, of course, Taz." It wasn't direct. You'd probably be in coach, change it over a few times, and maybe in the cargo hold. And then Taz goes, no, that wasn't my deal. I went to Japan many times. (laughs) (laughs) See, like... Not me. I fucking love Taz. He's all for jokes until you try and have a joke at his expense. And he'll sandbag you live on air. Well, what's Joey going for there? Is he trying to be like, ECW is kind of a piece of shit, don't you think, Taz? It's like, meant to be like, we're the rambunctious little engine that could. It's yeah, like, they treat us badly here at ECW. It's like if, if if Chris Jericho tells you the story that he was given a bereavement fare when he was needed a plane ticket for ECW, mm. he tells it they're playing the wacky bassoon and they go, in the background, he's like, oh, that's funny. Or if you play it with like a black and white and then a, a still image of Paul Heyman we zoom out and it's a photo on a velour wow. yeah it's like what is this sick freak doing yeah you can play the shoddy business practices up for yucks but I think Joey don't play up for yucks with someone who had to live through it no because mm. you probably did as well except Taz was taking bumps maybe you don't do it on night one of you launching your new brand as well you know what I did appreciate being stowed carefully in the overhead locker I said it. I didn't like that. That would be like XFL 2020 kicks off and they're making jokes about how shit XFL mm. 2000 was. Like, you should maybe wait until this is a bit more successful to start having a pop. The lawnmower is mentioned and literally within the second of them being like, well, super crazy, you won't be riding the lawnmower here. That's when that Lacho Libre chant came up there as well. It makes me think that perhaps racism is something that has permeated beyond wrestling in 2006. Mm, maybe. Joey Styles tells us that Big Guido is almost as big as the big show <laughs> no he's not nowhere near nice try these lads all great dance partners oh yeah you know, yeah there's a reason why the three-way dance usually involved three of these lads in ecw all through 1999 i could watch this stuff forever tajiri super crazy tajiri and guido fucking beautiful guido and mama luke are a great team they wanted to put this over. We can't put over stuff in ECW 06 without burying anything else. When's the last time you even saw a short iron scissors, Taz? P- probably never. 
SmackDown's the home of the okay, cruiserweights. Seriously, mm. don't disrespect Finaki. He's the boss. Boobs. Yeah. Like they really. Uh, this is the match where I started getting really irritated with the commentary. They're they bickering spend, and talking over each other as well. And like. They spend a lot of time talking about how like Big Guido's got big shoes. You know what they must say about a guy's with big shoes? His wife must be massive dick tears. Yeah, you got a big him. dong. Well, 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 Joey just says, you know, wife must be happy because he's got size twelve feet, and Taz just goes, <laughs> she walks with a limp. Yeah, that's oh, not. Like, that's, whoa. Didn't, you know, didn't need that's to. Not a joke. You don't need to add that like, extra layer to it. Like, Jesus. Joey's comment you. alone is fine. As a man with size fourteen shoes, I've heard this big dick <laughs> chat from earlier. <laughs> I've heard this my whole life about like, oh yeah, you, your feet represent your dick, like, and I've got size fourteen, and I can confirm my dick is huge and it's flat. <laughs> I've got flat feet as well. It's like and a I got, flipper. I got like... this big A4 sheet of paper of a dick down the, there. What like... it is though, Adam, is because Guido's only five foot whatever, they're saying it's if it's size 12 and you're that height. I think because you're a tall gentleman. Proportionally. He, he's talking like, you know, maybe you would assume that you've got the biggest dick in the world. Mm. You know? I've got the flattest dick in the world. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> we, we shave a few feet off. It's like, yeah. a, it's like a beaver's like tail, isn't it? It's, like... it, it, it's, it's like Serrano ham. <laughs> <laughs> we get here. <laughs> is this how you got me excited for this yeah, match okay. Billy? I got a text off this guy <laughs> so I asked I sent Adam a message basically saying have you watched One Night Stand yet if so is Tajiri your grunt of the night if not he is my shriek of the night he whips little Greedo uh, little Greedo fucking <laughs> Fucking figure the Star Wars. Little now. little hand uh, shot first. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> My clunky. <laughs> Tajiri throws little uh, little. I can't say it. Tajiri throws little Guido into the turnbuckle, and we genuinely get like a high pitched high ya sound. It's, it's like squeaky. Yeah. Like respectful, I guess. Oh, that's so fucking. It's good. like a little jower. It is. It is. You know, we just came on to Jerry on the SmackDown crawl, and he did a few of them yelps in that yep. match as well. It's something he did less and less of as he was in the WWE, mm. but in ECW, you'd hear that yelp all the time. And he said he did that because fans in America weren't used to hearing that, and it made them pop. So he did it all the time. Fair play. And let me tell you, this man's not lost a step. Oh, he hasn't. He's just, fucking in sync here. Before we go any further, I want to say we cannot top that for a grunt of the night here. So I'm willing to form some sort okay, of coalition okay, with you yeah. here, Billy. The shriek and the grunts. The shrunt. It's the shrunt of the, the night. Shrunt of the night. Does this that week. make Tajiri your first ever double crane winner? I think he may be. Maybe like, if he does a smelly spit later on this, he'll be a triple <laughs> crane winner. <laughs> I just absolutely have a lot of time for the kicks to Tajiri, oh, always. So good. The dual corner tree of woe drop kicks, absolutely beautiful, super crazy, going for that moonsault in the corner off the mm. bottom rope, where Taz immediately undercuts and says that he's never seen super crazy do a moonsault on SmackDown. Shut up. What? That's his, literally his finishing Right, move. even I could tell you that. And then Guido on the outside starts laying in some heavy shots. It's the first instance of us getting any semblance of ECW, a bit of chaos. Mm -hmm. People can interfere. That's what ECW was known for. This could just happen whenever. And then Joey Styles goes, can I get some marinara on them potatoes? Can we dissect the joke now, Taz? And then let's analyze the section. 
Who's got marinara sauce? Why would you put them on potatoes? Potatoes. I, yeah. I wouldn't do that if I was and enjoying then, no. it's but, Yeah, then just happen to go, well, I know you wouldn't normally have marinara and potatoes. Oh, but no. Because they're Italian. I thought, like, like it oh, has made dude. it so, like, we know what Joey's trying to say. Yeah. And it's fine. It's almost we like, don't need to analyse it, no. Taz. Or like, it's almost like the ethnic stereotype wasn't a snug fit here, Billy. No. It's almost like it was cumbersome and unyielding. It didn't work. Interesting, that. Maybe we should stop doing them. No, no, no. I mean, sometimes, <laughs> That's not the answer. sometimes you might put potatoes in a marinara sauce if it's too salty maybe if it's too salty to pull oh, that yeah, salt out see, put yeah. a potato in it and that introduce potato, that starch you're fucking mad I'm just saying it now that's well, what you have to keep less of the pasta water then in that case <laughs> this you're is fine. the tribe of the extreme my friends <laughs> Joey help me I've become distracted in the middle of the match and I don't know what to do anymore <laughs> Jesus Christ the cradle stretch by Tony Mamaluke does this fucking catch flapjack we get this camel clutch dropkick combo from the FBI. Then Tajiri's in with this flurry of kicks. Yeah. It's non-stop action, but because there's four people, people are still selling. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like we're mm-hmm. jumping up and pointing out, ha, gotcha. It's it's still very much in the realm of the possible or whatever. Absolutely. If you don't like that higher octane That's level. That's it. It doesn't go all the way to Young Bucks levels of craziness, but this is showing you that like, look, tag teams generally don't get to do a lot of fun stuff on regular main roster shows. We get Guido involved again. Lovely little spot with him in the ring. And then Crazy is sent into the crowd and Tajiri eats the double Kenplex. Super Crazy is remaining on Raw and Tajiri's here for one night only. But the FBI have got new contracts that say ECW on them. Chalk one up for the full-blooded Italians. <laughs> I thought this was a final match. Right, yeah, it's a great match. Stuff. You know, this is the type of match I would have been expecting on their weekly TV show. Yes. Guys who wouldn't get this length of time, this level of offense, this level of whatever. Not on Raw or SmackDown. Not on Raw or SmackDown. Give it to me one hour in ECW. Yep. But these lads are used as jobbers cannon fodder for the real stars like Mike Knox and Kevin Thorne of course more on that at a later date Adam I think you and I are going to be reviewing the first episode of ECW on Sci-Fi at some point oh god no no Uh, I know I looked in a mirror and it broke earlier so the ECW crawl just dropping this on me now I'll tell you talk about dropping something on us right now it's the debut of the Extreme Giant First time he's got the new theme. Yeah, this is it being debuted here. So when the big show comes out, ready to lock up Thunder and throw Lightning's ass in jail, Taz goes, oh, I think the new theme. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty cool. Hey, I like that one he used to have with the bling, bling in the background. Mm. Look. Here he comes. The crowd are silent. They don't like this they man. They don't like it, but they also feel like they can't bury the product just yet, so they just go quiet yeah. instead this often happens in AEW when something happens that everyone hates but they don't want to bury the company so they just sit there quietly Awkward. now it's fine that all these masked men have won the mm. Casino Royale Battle Royale ladder match I I won't boo it's okay <laughs> <laughs> I still like it <laughs> I, I can't tell if show looks really like good here or if it's just in contrast to how he looks in a year's time oh I mean uh, when he's, he's like t- where, how ill he looks after that Punjabi prison match and before it even I mean, like this, he's a month removed from that Billy he's on the tailspin because once ECW and you know once Heyman's gone in the end of 06 Big Show was as well this is the beginning of the end of the Big Show but I will say this man's about to adopt a schedule that no like he's taking up a Kurt Angle schedule yeah. right now he's going to be resting on every fucking show he's the, he's the man who's filling in the blanks if the great Kali can't be there mm. elevated liver enzymes send out big fucking Big Show Paul White I know? really like how Big Show looks at this point in time because I feel like he does look proper like 
beast mode mm. big show really monstrous but he, get, he gets but pallid quickly that's the thing he doesn't look like he's feeling good right mm. now I thought like. it was a really smart idea from Heyman to book show coming out here with Tony Mameluke little Guido you know, he guys he can just throw into yeah. new, throw all the way to New Jersey. Like and he does, he doesn't win over the crowds, but he makes them come out of their silent stupor when he does the Cobra Clutch special. You oh, know, is that his new move? His new move, yeah. Where he bam on the knee and then the spin out, and Mama Luke takes it like he's a hubcap flying off a car on the motorway. Have we got a name for this move? We do not. Oh, for fuck's sake! I call that big trouble in little New York City. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get a small pop. For the new Extreme Big Show. And Taz goes, Let me tell you, Joey Styles, I know this man a long time. That's the real Big Show. Snot hanging out of his nose. <laughs> the real Big Show. Is this your gloop of the night here, Kevin? Yes. With big fucking bogey on him. Fucking hell. The size of that it thing. It stand coming out of him. It was fucking <laughs> massive, this thing here. And we cut back to Joey Styles and Taz who, I don't know, are obviously very embarrassed by what happened because they're bright red. <laughs> <laughs> it must be hot. It's a small room it full is. of people. Oh, it is. Like, so there's funny. definitely no air coming in this room. sweaty room. No, I definitely can do spots with Jerry the King Lawler in a suit and then commentate a full show. <laughs> yeah? You sure? What are we going to do now on our ECW show? It's time <laughs> for <laughs> John <laughs> Bradshaw! <laughs> Layfield here to defend the honor of SmackDown is a man who also allegedly sucks dicks. Mm. Boo, suck dick. I am the voice of the A Show, and by the way, folks, you're in a minor league here. I am the voice of SmackDown, and you can take your telephone book with you because I can see over the desk. Hey, congratulations, you and so Michael Cole, the blind lead the blind. Show. Go ahead and drink Paul Heyman's Kool-Aid, but know this, the greatest wrestler, the king of hardcore, the person who says that he is, come hell, come high water, come the creek, don't rise. I am who I say that I am, and I am a wrestling god. Okay, is he done now? Now kiss my ass, this show sucks. <laughs> Why'd you come then? What an idiot. He, like Randy, is lo loving every fucking second. Maybe yeah. all you are homosexuals. Yeah. How about that? Uh. He eats this up with a knife and fork. He can do this for hours mm. and not get tired, Billy. This lad, who pulled the fucking string on him? He's just out of nowhere. Like, shut the fuck up. No setup. Nope. No explanation. No, he just rocks up on the balcony. And he just Ray Mysterio's just sat next yeah, to him. Ray Mysterio. <laughs> like, you fucking hate each other. They're just I hanging think, out. I think that's a lad in a Ray Mysterio oh, mask. Oh, is it? I think it is. It looks it's a Dominic. lot like Because, <laughs> because, because Ray's, in, in storyline, Ray's retired. Bradshaw, he's quit that's now. That's what I thought. Yeah, so he's quit and he's here to announce that he's the new voice of SmackDown. And let me tell you, this promo is fucking five-star wanted level. They're coming yeah. to get yeah. you. Yeah. You know, this is so fucking demented. He brags about stiffing the blue meanie last year and, and getting calls him away a pussy. with it. And yeah. what did he do? He sat there and bled and cried. And what happened to me? Nothing. I experienced no consequences. Stevie Richards' chair shot. Wow! What happened is Stevie hit him so hard he forgot about the consequences of his actions. Lights out! 
JBL goes to Tez, you are leaving network television for sci-fi, an audience one-tenth the size. And then Tez like, Mm-hmm. Yeah, Taz has got sorry, nothing. Sorry, what? What? Yeah. <laughs> you told me this was going to be over. This sucks. He is just so evil. Cutting down he does, Taz. He fucking just sucks the air and out. You know room. what? It's not like it's going to end with him taking a finisher or like getting embarrassed in yeah. any You've way. You've got your match out of Taz. He ain't doing another one. Like, it's one thing with Randy Orton. We saw Randy Orton get his ass kicked and have to tap out and get carried away by two men. JBL is just going to come out here, be shitty, and get away with like, it. What like, what I wouldn't so bad is just fucking meanie to come out. Yes, that's yeah. what I thought like, we were. Gonna get let's here. get meanie. Let's have him. Let's have a little fucking fight in the in something, the crowd. Someone, no. something. It's just I'm not sure if this was prepping you for what ECW was a lot of, particularly in the early days. Is cross promotion. We need people yep. to tune in. They're not going to do it for the ECW stars who we're burying. So here's Batista. Here's Kane. Here's Undertaker. Here's Ric Flair. Here's JB. Anyone can show up. This felt more like they were just promoting SmackDown, yeah. though, where he's like, I'm going to be doing commentary on SmackDown now. Make sure you check it out. And he also calls himself the new king of hardcore twice. Okay. And tells Taz, you can take the phone book that you use to sit up on the announce desk with you when I'm coming to SmackDown because I'm tall. <laughs> and uh, he says that everyone in the crowd is a fruit booty. Yep. Whatever that means. Kiss my ass, this show sucks. Da -da 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 -da. Okay, there he is. I'm not going to lie, folks. Rallied a little bit there with the last match. Yes. I think the tag team of Big Show Paul Weiss and John Bradshaw Layfield mm. have conspired to steal the air from beneath my wings. Literally, mm. every time we get a bit of positivity, they suck it away again. <laughs> I'm not going to watch the rest of this wrestling show now and I took a break oh Kevin I had a little break buddy because I promised Joe that I'd let her know when her fave Sabu was coming on uh. and I didn't want her to see the look of disdain on my face <laughs> because I was ashamed mm. I was ashamed of how much I hated this oh. coming up next the World Heavyweight Championship will it be rechristened the ECW Championship Sabu is taking on Rey Mysterio. Dream match. Dream match. Times on, a thousand. On paper, yeah. <laughs> now, then, always a dream match for me. Sabu, I will say, if anyone had a little bit of the mystique of, ooh, what's ECW? Sabu got a little bit of that. Yes. He was like very much the jump scare. Ah, here he is. It's Sabu. Who is he? Don't know, but he's scary. Look. And he got good money for this run. He's very happy to say as he much. He has a good run. The, the, this 2006 and early 2007, pretty good good time. He's way better. With, uh, Cena, he's going to work with yeah. Cena. Yeah. Cena. He's got a title match with Big Show at yeah, SummerSlam. Not you bad. Know? Considering, I mean, listen to the Sabu episode of How to Wrestle. You would find out like, this man was literally like working against... Vince McMahon, who wanted to push him and promote him. Right. Vince liked the idea of mm. Sabu. He just wanted to tweak him a little bit. Okay. But Sabu, he's like, I've been wrestling 20 years. I'm not going to you know, oh, change. For fuck's sake. No, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, some extracurricular activities with uh, Sabu as well. We'll talk mm. about that in the Vengeance episode. Yeah, I'm sure we will. Next. But in terms of the mystique and everything about Sabu that you loved, it's all here. Because when he debuted against John Cena, he failed to break the table. You know, it's Aww. just, it's all here. Sabu. And I thought this video package, the use of the classic footage, they put Sabu over in a way that only they could with the footage and the production value mm -hmm. and all that jazz. You wanted a nice shiny video saying this guy is special. And let me tell you, 
I never had a mirror held up to me and realised what a shitty Fairweather fan I was, what a mark I was in 2006, because my mate Paddy loved Rey Mysterio, because he did the 619, eh? Yeah, it's and fun. He, he got a mask. Yeah. I remember watching this pay-per-view with him live, and Ray came out, and I'm like, I fucking hate Rey Mysterio. Oh. I fucking hate him. And he's like, wait, why? Like, look at me, he's coming out, he's wearing ECW in his mask, he's not really ECW, he had an opportunity to join ECW on SmackDown, and he, he stayed in SmackDown. Uh, Smackdown's not really CW it's a betrayal <laughs> of the fans and my friend went it's, it's a storyline Kevin now, right <laughs> and then I went kind of red and quiet for the rest of the no. match Rey Mysterio is in the midst of the worst run ever oh this is yes, his yeah, yeah this is his bad year this is the one he made a montage about yeah. Adam. so you probably know intimately most of what he was up to before this losing losing <laughs> lost to Kerrangle lost to Rob lost to Finlay losing yep. left right lost center. to Finlay oh yeah fucking Finlay bombs going off everywhere oh. you know he's tough he gets a bit of a mixed response from the crowd They're like the, some of the crowd are like yeah it's Ray but there's there's not like Big cheers. There's no booze, but he's, he's not the, ECW. He's, yeah, he's just not over. He's trying to dual wield them both. I think you either have to be so good guy that they hate you, or so bad guy that they hate yeah. you. But Ray is, is two in between here. And he's trying to sort of pander with like ECW gear. Like I, I love the I, I love, love the gear. Look at the, yeah. the box and coming yeah. to the ring with a chair. Yeah, but also with Buyaka Buyaka yeah. six one nine. Like it is weird. It's still very WWE here. Yeah, I think um, as well the line of the night, which was on commentary when. This was used so many times. Taz would be like, oh, it's a bit of a mixed reaction there. And Joey's like, it's not a mixed reaction, Taz. I think they booed him. Mm. That was funny the first time when Randy came out. We're now on to the fourth time they've used this line. Yeah. And they're going to use it a lot later on. Okay, it's a fun bit, but stop using it over and over find and over and over one. again. I tell you what I need to find. I need to find myself a pair of them fuzzy Sabu pants. Fuck yeah, baby. Wow, pay-per-view quality trousers. Literally, I think, greatest wrestling trousers of all time. Like, not even just for around the house. Like, I'm talking about, like, just for going to a wedding. The combo of of those trousers and that theme. Yes. It's a a fucking... It's sexy. I, I got goosebumps. I stopped watching the show, came back the next day. Joe watches with me, him coming out, seeing her get excited all over, hearing Taz being like, I fought this man and I got goosebumps seeing him in the mm. ring because I never thought I'd see him here of all places. And he still looks the same as classic Sabu. Yeah. yeah. You know, he still does everything, the classic look, and he's throwing chairs straight away. I was going to say he hasn't missed a step, but he, he hasn't missed an additional step. Mm, the ones that thing. were already missing were still there. And that's part of the gimmick, brother. I just did that to piss off Dave Meltzer. <laughs> anyway, that's all lies anyway. Don't, don't, don't tweet me. <laughs> <laughs> no heat for Rey Mysterio's fireworks from commentary, even though anyone else who got him got heat. But well, he's the greatest underdog champion of all time, Kevin, so it's different. What is the mark on Sabu's face? It's like a horseshoe-sized fucking bur- Is it burn? Awful. Taz says at one point it was a burn from uh, some fire that was used in a match. Jesus. Wow, is it Terry Funk branded him or something it's like that? It's a burn that. from some fire. <laughs> what a badass. We're at halfway into the show, and I will say the only extreme content we've seen so far are the racism and homophobia from the crowd. Legitimately. There's been no blood, nope. there's been no weapons, nope. there's been, you know, maybe one or two ball shots, but nothing violent, really. This is a standard enough offering other than the crowd. Yeah. I, I, well, in, until fucking. Sabu fucks a chair at Ray <laughs> Mysterio's head by a Fuck mile. Me. This is the coolest thing that's happened in the show so far. So far, yeah. They're 
dueling with chairs. Yeah. Throwing them. It just goes like, it's like he's like, uh, we're just hitting each, hitting each other's chairs with chairs. So he just goes, fuck it. It just launches it at him. Yeah. Fucking hell. I mean, I'll be the classic how they do that and the audience always wondering the, the chair throw. Is that safer or more dangerous or the same as being swung with someone with a chair right in the head? I feel like it's got to be more dangerous potentially because really? there's less control of it, yeah. I think. But so we're assuming here it hits you square on with your hands up. Okay, if it goes the way it's supposed to, I feel like it's maybe maybe a little less. Because it's less force with the yeah. active muscle behind it. It just right? seems more risky to me to be like letting go of it altogether. Mm. It always makes me gasp. Mm. Particularly when the chair opens up and yes. Ray sells like a champ here. It's all he's doing at the moment is run the sell like <laughs> yeah, a he's, champ. He's had a lot of practice at selling recently. <laughs> Respectful chic chance for the crowd when Sabu uses the camel clutch. Like that. We're three minutes into this match and Sabu hasn't fucked up once. Yeah, good on him. It's time to fuck up. Here's yep. our first you fucked up oh. chant of the evening. It's nice hearing lo- loved you fucked up chants though. Yeah. You know, like we love you, we love you buddy. You we, fucked we'd, up. We'd be sad if you didn't fuck up. Yeah. They are more respectful and understanding of Sabu's mistakes than they are of literally anyone's gender or sexuality yes. or, or race. Sincerely. If you could just kind of take that thing you feel about a weird random wrestler and apply it to like you know, like empathy. The ring becomes more and more ostentatious as the gold pants of Sabu dissolve. <laughs> Very nice as well. Ray squatting Sabu through the table. We get an X thrown up, but I thought, yeah. no, in the end of this match, I thought this was it. Oh, yeah. we got five minutes, that's it. But the match continues in spite of Sabu being like, oh, I'm really injured, I'm hurt, I'm hurt. No, I'm cool. <laughs> do, we, do, we, do we know what he did? He thought he was injured and then realised he was fine. Hmm. Because based on the ending of this match, I think he is injured. I was going to say. Like... Yeah, that's the thing though. Sabu realising he's injured, that's step one. Sabu then has the other step where he thinks, can I keep going? Mm. And if the answer to that is no, is does Fonzie have tape or glue? <laughs> and you know, then, then we'll end the match. Yeah. You know, But as it stood, stood right here, he thought he was hurt and he ended up, no, okay, I can keep going. Okay. But, the thing about Sabu is that he's never not hurt. Yes. That's not a gimmick. That's for real. Like, he is as bandaged up and damaged as he looks, which is an awful lot. And Sabu has some cool moments here where he seems like a Sabu I never really get to see. When Ray goes through the dive and Sabu's like kind of, you know, sidesteps him almost because oh, he's doing a dive. That sequence is so fucking good. Unbelievable. Really flashy. Triple jump moonsault without a hitch. He misses the Arabian face buster, but again, without a hitch, wasn't you know, wasn't any mistakes there. Nope. This is the you know, it. You're not gonna get this yeah. again. Oh. <laughs> yeah, this is the Sabu experience. Absolutely. The bang when the chair is thrown. Oh my god. Deafening. Yeah, Ray's using the Ray's shown a little something here as well. Mm. You taking know? a lot of punishment. Does he win over the crowd, Ray? Do you think he I think there's he like a mild to. there's a mild respect, but it's still it, this is like they shouldn't have put him against Sabu. I feel like if this like match, Sabu's yeah. the person who's brought this out of him, but he wouldn't have necessarily got without Sabu. Yeah. But like, if Sabu's in the ring with him, there's not a lot that Ray can do to make the fans turn around. No. I mean, like, I think it's just the willingness to take some of the yeah. hits. Yeah. Like, you know, when he does that bit where he goes over Sabu's head and he squats onto the open chair and like hits it. Oh, on, right you, on his dick. Yeah, like Manhattan drops himself in yeah. the chair. That's mm. a foot. You know, that sucks to take. There's yeah. no way that doesn't suck. 
I feel like if this match was allowed to actually have a proper conclusion and a finish, he would have fully won the crowd over yeah. by the end. Yeah. But the finish we get kills whatever respect they may have built up for him there. Sabu sets up another table on the outside. We have him running over, doing a dive. He springboards off, hits the DDT right on the corner of the it's table. Fucking jumping DDT. Both Fuck men me. land right on their fucking heads. This is like really a really sick spot. And it's like, I think even if the spot went more as planned, it would have seemed sick. But this is like, whoa. And I think the idea here is that it's the WWE doctor because they really showed that dude, the guy with the dicky bow. (laughs) Oh, is this the the, the fucking Lindsay Graham sounding motherfucker? You guys can't find anymore. I thought they were going to do a thing where it's like, you know, classic ECW, the the commission came in. The man is keeping the man. And they never followed up on this. There was meant to be maybe a rematch to this, but it's like, no. They can continue. Double DQ. Both guys are like carried out while the fans chat bullshit. Yeah, yeah and that bogus. is awful because I thought, you know, when I was watching this originally, is this going to be like a WWE trying to impose rules in ECW and the the, the, the fans hate it, the announcers hate it. No, MCU, Taz and Joey are just like, whoa, that happened. Right? That's all they have to they, say. They should be furious. Joey yeah. Styles should be like, you can't just have a no contest in ECW. It's extreme here. So like, fireworks in ECW gets the dander up. Yep. And uh, Barack Hussein Obama. Mm. But this is fine, Joey. Apparently. I think it's fake outrage on your behalf, my friend. This, I think, is a very, very bad omen for ECW as a brand. When you're having, on your very first show launching it, one of the matches has ended in a no contest. Mm. Well, that's something they had to teach the fans, that there were going to be extreme rules matches and then normal matches. But the problem is, this match is an extreme rules match. So what the fuck does that mean? Uh doesn't make any sense. Yeah, a little bit extreme until this guy in a bow tie says you've had enough. I will say though, Sabu's got the back acne of a man who's given this run all he's got. Oh dear. He's he's <laughs> fucking pumped up to the nines. <laughs> Everything was going so well. The thing is that this wasn't an accident. So why did you do it? Mm. You know? And you know, further to the point, if we got a bit of that Kurt Angle Randy Orton style, a bit of that mid-card tag team match with the FBI style, and this was our hardcore offerings, mm-hmm. I'd watch an hour of this every week. Yeah, but good variety. It feels like we're rope- we're dialing back from all of these things that are feeling like the things this show has going for it, besides being a nostalgia act. Because I thought this was a modern... Fe- this didn't feel like an old-school ECW match. This felt no, more modern. No, yeah, it felt like Sabu was doing his classic stuff and Ray was doing the modern style. It the felt, WWE Lucha style, yeah, I'd it want to call it. closer to an Extreme Rules match than an ECW yeah. match, to be honest. But it was entertaining as it hell. Was. You it know? really was. Coming up next, we had an encounter with this before in a previous episode, but it's taken a twist that you couldn't see coming. That's right, folks. It's time for a poem from... For fuck's sake. A Wrestler's Lament and 100 Other Poems by Joe Dorazio, the Poet Laureate of British wrestling and I'm not going to lie I'd spent a good deal of time editing the last one because I was worried that it came off bad yeah. and I'm not going to lie I mean it has become like a recurring thing with the poetry segment that it is often like questionable and mm. worrying and concerning so it's on brand look I wanted to give you an extreme poem mm. that would fit this next extreme match on this most extreme of pay-per-views okay. so this is the dead rat. <laughs> I saw a dead rat killed by a savage cat. Now mummy rat and baby rat wait at home for daddy rat. 
That was dead. That was it. it. But Joe Durazio, no. poet laureate of professional wrestling. So, caption, caption, contest, contest, feel the power of the X Men. <laughs> hey, it's me, your old pal, Captain Kevin, here for an extremely good time. It's time for some captions, and uh, it's a caption contest, and it won't be a caption contest without my good buddy Adam Bibble beside me. Hey, Adam. Hello. Are you excited to take this little segue away from the world of the Hammerstein Ballroom and into the anvil of fan comments? The anvil? The hammer and anvil. It's uh, like a... Uh, this guy over here. It's a little thing That's we are going. as extreme as it gets, baby. There was a, an extreme array of things we could pick for our picture du jour, mm. but we do have, in fact, today quite a magnanimous overwhelmingly joyful and silly picture du jour. Yeah, it's a nice group photo at the end of the night. Spoiler alert, folks, but Rob Van Dam is very, very happy. And yes. all of his friends are there to celebrate with him. Yeah, exactly. Basically what happens here is this is Tommy Dreamer waking up in Rivendell oh, and being like, and you were there, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Rob was there too. And there's Big Show in the doorway, like... <laughs> <laughs> and I haven't forgotten about you, Big Show, Paul Wise. Oh, bless. So, today's Capture Contest is brought to you by our new fabulous side series over on the Patreon. X-Men! Feel the power of the X-Men! So, me and Adam are reviewing all of X-Men. Yeah, right back to Every start, issue. You know, <laughs> you know, Adam Bubbleo, the name, the clue was in the name. All, I'm sorry, I apologize. Yikes got jealous of you and Billy reviewing all those comics and I wanted to have some of the, the fun. Oh, so I, like, here, we're having fun ourselves though with that corporate ministry of sounds. Oh baby, it's my new favourite thing in the world. So what we're doing is we realised that after a period of time in Patreon that we had done like three one-off album reviews. We've done a lot of album reviews. We did WWF Originals. Yes. We did WWF Aggression. We did Chocolate Starfish and the Hot Dog Flavored Waters. We did yes. Limb Biscuit Still Sucks. Yeah, and at that point, it's like, right, this is a series now, isn't it? Like... It officially is now. And now it's officially a series. We started off by having a look at WWF Pile Driver, in Baby. my opinion, the best album ever. Oh, yeah. Macho Man, Randy Savage, Be A Man. Hulk Hogan and the Wrestling Traveling Boot Band. Yeah. Hulk yeah. And coming up later this month, we're going to do a special Alliance-themed one. It's WCW Slam Jam Volume 1, baby. Yes, so unfortunately, ECW Extreme Music fell by the wayside. Sorry, Stephanie McMahon, but mm. OG Shane McMahon WCW heads will know that Slam Jam is one of the greatest albums ever made. Well, let's not put the cart before one the horse here, And if you, can't, if you can't trust my opinion on music, who can you trust, Adam, is what mm -hmm. I'm saying. Because I'm post-music. I'm honest, is what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. So that's why it's an honest album review series from two lads, one of whom has deleted all of his music yep. and is post-music. And considers this to be more of a sound effect review series than anything else. Like. I mean, look, if you want a wrestling album review series where all of the wrestling albums are held and compared in contrast the Donkey Kong Country 2 soundtrack. <laughs> that is not the remit of the show. Right, to plug the thing you and Billy are doing in case I've scared anyone off. Me and Billy also have a habit of reviewing comic books over on the Patreon page. Not just any comics, though. Wrestling comics. And recently... <sighs> oh no, Triple H has died. It's WWE Heroes Rise of the Firstborn. 
The protagonist of this comic book is Triple H. But he dies! The antagonist of this comic book is also Triple H. Ah. He's double Triple H. Not quite triple, but no. double will do ya. We're dealing with six H's here. Folks, I hope you like demons and I hope you like terrorist attacks because that's what you can expect from this incredibly dark-sided comic book. So you get two new pieces of content every month over on the Patreon page. You get Smackdown Crawl that's still chugging along. We're heading towards Invasion. <laughs> chugging it's along! It's true, we're heading... <laughs> In fairness, we've just finished the two-man power trip saga and that was a chug and Seriously, a slog right there. I've been traumatized ten times over by uh, mid-2001, but we're heading up during the Invasion period yes. there, so it's a very interesting time period in the Smackdown Crawl. As well as that, I'm revisiting the Journey into Darkness. We're on part Ooh. number eight, I It's think. an epic is what it is. It's an epic, so if you like the adventures of young Glenn Kane, brackets Glenn Jacobs, brackets mm. Glenn Calloway, that's a series for you, my friends. And there's just fucking tons of stuff on the Patreon yeah, page Yeah, because we've been doing this Patreon for, what, like five, six years now, yeah. thereabouts? And every month we've added two new pieces of content and an extra Q&A as well if you're a $10 backer. So at this point now, we're in the hundreds of hours territory. That's it. We've got loads of video content on there as well. We did a board gamesmanship last year. We yes. played some wrestling board games. And for the first time ever, we've got a video of a live show what? from the London Podcast Festival last year. You can find that on the Patreon page too. And there's a special live Q&A video that was done at the podcast festival right after Queen Elizabeth had died. Yep. No cuts, no filters. I just told it real and raw like it was. And all of us had bloody pints on the go like the absolute lads that we are. And then thankfully that's behind the paywall. <laughs> 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 so, we were feeling the power of the X-Men, but now let's just feel the power of these regular men. It's oh. the post-victory, spoiler alert, pose of Rob Van Damme and the new breed, Unleashed. We're talking Paul Heyman. We're talking Just Incredible. We're talking Balls Mahoney. We're talking... Big Mikey, Show Paul White. Mikey Whipwreck's in there. Yeah, he's there. Danny Doring's in there. Oh, it's Squint. Look, who's that? It's Kurt Angle, ECW Trin original. Trinity is there. Yeah. Is that Jason, the sexiest man alive? You tell me, Kevin. And let me tell you, in one of the most hilarious moments, and this won't be happening anytime soon on Sci-Fi, just incredible blotting out Kurt Angle. Oh, well, speaking of blotting out, another important thing to mention here is that Justin is wearing his ECFNW t-shirt, but mm. of course this is a WWE photograph, so let's just get the F in out of there and cover that right up, baby. Now, I'll tell you right now, I've watched this you know, show a bajillion times. I had it on DVD back in the day. I watched mm. it live back in the day. All, all that stuff. And I... Look at this picture. I was swearing to myself that no, no, surely this is this was doctored after. This the is fact. doctored for sure. Okay, because he was wearing the actual shirt yes. on the night. Yeah. Okay, they didn't neuter JC straight up like that. No, they cleaned it up for WWF.com is what they did. This is a Stalin job by Joey Styles and the WWE.com <laughs> staff, and it makes me sick. So we've got some captions. Yep. Adam's going to take us through the Twitter at AE Podcast. And you're going to be taking us through Facebook.com forward slash Attitude Podcast. You should like and or follow whichever of those gives you most joy. If the social media platforms are still available by the time this episode releases. <laughs> we're, 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 we're holding out. We're holding out that maybe or, or Dunder Mifflin Infinity uh, an analog will, mm. will launch in the meanwhile. But until then, we'll do we'll make do what we have. We've got a parlor page set up just in case. <laughs> just in case. Starting off here with Matt Campagna, who really kind of summed up what a lot of people were thinking here. I was going to have a long title reign, and then I got high. Hey. So let's preface this to, like, the Vengeance episode, which is going to have quite a fun bit of controversy corner. Fun. 
fun. I've already done it. I've already chatted about it before the Rob episode mm-hmm. and the Sabu episode. You're dealing with an expert in that dash cam footage, is what I'm saying, Adam. <laughs> I could reenact it for you. James Leach here on Twitter. Legend has it a fan ran into the ring for this photo. Sadly, it is impossible to tell. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Green, POV, you just spent $400 for the smelliest photo opportunity at StarCast. (laughs) Wrestling referees are wizards. Hi, Zakai, everyone! (laughs) Goofballs! Anthony Lauro, a man here. ECW, baby! (laughs) Yes, I'm picturing Cody Rhodes going, (laughs) taking the piss. (laughs) Joey Emerald here. You're going to need more than one nightstand for this lot, really. (laughs) Jamie Albrecht. The big show? Who is this big show? My name is Pitbull number three. An ECW original, I might add. Oh, no. Dan Gan here, I love this. Like, it's just such confidence in the joke. Doesn't even need to be formatted into a sentence. Just the simple words, CEX staff party. Because <laughs> there is always one really massive member of staff at CEX. Just in there, like, to, to bring down the PS5, like, you know, the, the big boy they get in there. Chris Porch, Big Show's latest gimmick. The dad invited on the stag dude trying his best to join in. Oh, Funny enough here, we've got Uncle Moe's Family Feedback Podcast with when you see another stag party that's also dressed as wrestlers. I mean, you want a proper... I mean, I, I didn't do a stag do, I realised. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's, you know, one of the things about getting married in semi-secret during lockdown is I that, you know... I think you can keep that in your back pocket for a yeah. rainy day. Whenever you feel like cashing in your stag in the bank, like, or, just or, say the word. Or maybe, you know, I was sort of married at first day Australia and now, of course, below deck Australia. Mm-hmm. Maybe the Bucks night, you know? Oh. Have, a, have the Bucks come around, have the Bucks <laughs> night, you know? Uh, it could be a bit of fun. It could well be. But maybe what we need to do is wait till someone else, like, you know, in, in the circle is getting married and then we can do... A WCW stag do and an ECW stag do. Alliance themed, obviously. Uh-huh. And then we all just meet up and have a great time. Just like the Alliance did. Just like did. the Alliance did. Yeah. Land on a high is what I'm saying, you know? Just like the Alliance did. Stuart Jenkins here. Looks like the Last Supper has gone extreme. <laughs> 30 pieces of silver hung above the ring. It's the most extreme betrayal as Judas Iscariot takes on Jesus of Nazareth. And there's Kurt Angle like my lawyers are going to be getting in touch with you. I don't want my name anywhere near any of this. Sam Tomlin here. Paul E. Dangerously. Oh, I'm not worried. Our fans support ECW for its big personalities, not match quality or storytelling coherency. I predict our new WWE CW will be even better than the classic product. Smash cut to Big Show as ECW champion. Well, that's the end of me. <laughs> I mean, I just done how to Bobby Lashley. And oh, ECW champion Bobby Lashley. There, there was a lot of uh, having to dip my toe into that murky swamp, and I keep getting recommended like various versions of Big Show, Bobby Lashley, and Tess. Oh. Stop it now. And Vince McMahon. And, and Vince Don't McMahon. forget Vince McMahon. Nathan Rothwell. The ECW crew celebrates the first annual Paul Heyman Award for Outstanding Achievement in the Field of Excellence, awarded to Rob Van Dam after he agreed not to sue for all of his bounced checks. <laughs> Karen Scannell. 
just incredible doing his best Mean Gene impression. Put that spliff out. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of people pointing out that Justin is like sort of reaching off camera talking to someone else that's not on screen here. We've got Double Cross King here saying, this is what Just Incredible is seeing, and it's the, the gift from Twin Peaks. It is happening again. Oh, I thought he was just checking in and touching base with the click, letting him know that, yeah, it's all right. Oh. I know I'm, I'm kind of, you know, in both gangs at the same time. When he know? says it is happening again, I'm imagining, like, the ECW copyright being left on the curb again, like, for anyone else to just come uh, and play. Anyone can like... come and grab it, like, Jerry McBride. Just checking, the rest of you can see Big Show as well, right? <laughs> <laughs> Who photoshopped him into that picture? Now, Steve Morris here has said, No force of nature and no act of God could stop this Rob Van Dam title run. And I've got to disagree with that. Yeah. I think that is a very stoppable title Very run. stoppable. Uh, God barely had to scratch himself. They literally to stop that didn't one, even like, notice. Like. Yeah, he literally pointed and smote him. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he got Sabu in the, the crossfire there as well. <laughs> Joshua Richardson. It's an ECW reboot with all your old favorites like Rob Van Dam, Just Incredible, The Big Show, and a guy who once threatened to sue ECW if they put him on air. <laughs> Noah here, less is more sometimes, literally just Big Show. Why am I here? <laughs> Luke Fletcher. You could splice the collective experience, talent, and hairlines of everyone seen here to create as many as two complete distinct wrestlers. <laughs> My man, that is harsh but true. <laughs> the disrespect. I mean, what do you think? It's potatoes and onions we got here, isn't yeah, it? Like, it really it's is. It's not a very complex dish. No. You know? Basic ingredients. <laughs> Jeff Rizza, Triple H watching the scene with Shawn Michaels. Basically, I think we should maybe plant some weed in his glove compartment. They'll teach that sweaty ass midget and try to hug the precious attention away from the DX reunion. (laughs) (laughs) They have big corrupt police officer energy. Big time, those two lads, yeah. (laughs) CPA wrestles here. Big Show's rendition of Scott's Tots went great until the kids got to sci-fi. <laughs> and at December to December, inside the Extreme Elimination Chamber, everyone had a laptop battery. Yeah, Paul Heyman's <laughs> handing out laptop battery. Oh, no. I will say, a lot of people have pointed out that Balls Mahoney looks like he's seen kind of a premonition of the fate of ECW. He's got a troubled look on his Wor- face. Words to the effect of, he knows what's coming here for this oh. brand. Matthew McCullough just incredible here. Wow, the click sure is getting big now with all of us, including me, just incredible, <laughs> who's definitely in the click. <laughs> oh, no. Adam Scully, nightmare blunt rotation. Jesus. <laughs> oh my God, mate, you're not getting any of that blunt. Like, you can kiss that thing goodbye. Yeah, that's a, the word rotation do a lot of heavy lifting <laughs> yeah. there. Like, you know. We're not making a full circle you here. Forget Andros there in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> Stevie Wizard Gentleman Ghost here. Who's the only person that Paul E didn't stiff on pay? This guy with the two thumbs. <laughs> one last one here on Facebook from Dominic Windsands. Triple H infiltrates the ECW locker room with a very well-crafted Balls Mahoney disguise. <laughs> <laughs> Bulls! 
Bones, Bones. Bones. Yeah, he does that. Then the wind up. And last one here from Twitter, Hunter Dwyer with. Wait, don't be fooled. It's just regular 2006 WWE, but in the Hammerstein Ballroom. <laughs> it still embodies all the same awful booking that it did before. <laughs> yeah, but it's in the Hammerstein Ballroom. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like, <laughs> Spot on. <laughs> well, thank you everyone for the fabulous uh, comments and caption contest entries. As always, don't forget to follow us on the Twitter at a podcast and Facebook.com forward slash at it here a podcast and if you want to get access to a whole lot of extra goodies for your ears and your eyes patreon.com forward slash ae podcast but for now let's uh get ourselves back in the van and head down it's a van we'll be heading to in this one literally yeah not well, a nice one either no 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 we're smelly heading, we're heading back down to the hammerstein ballroom we're going to remove any offensive letters and uh apostrophes from our t-shirts and we're probably gonna get pulled over on the way there as well let's be honest and like, the way back i would imagine yeah. let's head back to the hammerstein ballroom for more of ecw's one night stand 2006 uh. This takes us nicely into our next match. Edge, Mick Foley. They had the greatest hardcore match of all time. And now they've turned heel as the co-holders of the hardcore championship. And they're taking on, oh, any two sorry souls we can drag out of the bingo hall. It's Tommy Dreamer and Terry Funk. Mick Foley, you're a prostitute. You prostituted your name. Prostituted your legacy. But I'll be damned if I'll sit here and watch you prostitute the name of hardcore. I'll admit right here in front of the world that Terry Funk was the greatest wrestler I ever saw. I'll admit that Tommy Dreamer had as much heart as anybody I ever entered the ring with. They didn't have what it took to do what I did. The main stage of WWE. Everybody in the WWE does things they don't want to do to get to the top. You resent me because of who I am. The hardcore legend. The biggest star this business has ever seen. Mick Foley, you're an X-Man. Feel <laughs> <For> the <sake. laughs> Yeah, I feel like there's a lot we could say about the build-up to this. We may do the hardcore diaries on. You're really gunning for that in the bibliotech. I want. It's basically the closest to a book version of his podcast that there is. Yeah. And I just feel like I want to keep some of my powder dry there. How did you get on with the build to this? How are we here now where Edge, Lita, Mick Foley are all, all buddy, buddy, buddy? I hate this. Yeah. I fucking mm. hate this. Heal Mick Foley, sucking up to Edge and Lita, Why? wearing suits. Why is he a heel? Because he, he learned to respect Edge after their match. Okay. So Which... it's like, maybe Edge is onto something here because he's great. So maybe I should be a little bit more like Edge. That is fine. Okay. Him respecting Edge because they had a great bloodbath. That's okay. But all of a sudden now he is Mr. Pro WWE, Mr. Vince McMahon, and he's fucking anti-ECW as you can get. And it doesn't make a lick of sense. Mick tells it like it's a slow burn where you don't know why he's done this straight away. And honestly, it's like when Austin turned heel in 01, the crowd are kind of mostly bemused and spend three weeks waiting for you to go, ah, yeah, well, yeah, not really. Suck again, hey. There's, there's stuff though in real grievances. You're like, just fucking take it back to fucking why, uh, why would I want to be a fucking part of... The- 
the 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 company where the fans put up a sign saying to Kane, my kid. I know, right? Like, just bring That's back easier. Kane Dewey. Yeah. Like, you, you're fucking great there. And I'm doing the CW versus ECW head-to-head. He finally did a promo where... I mean, I think it was one of Mick's all-time classics in my mind, at least from a modern sense, one of the best promos he did from his kind of post-retirement run. And he was in the ring with a spotlight on oh, him. Oh, that was so good. It was after Terry Funk had hard waved him. He had this big black eye that was swelling up, which we see the, uh, yeah. the remnants of here tonight. And he talks about, like, how disappointed he was that the fans expected him to love ECW because he couldn't. Because ECW was, like, the girl he could never get over that never loved him back. Mm-hmm. And every time he sees them, he feels full of anger and sorrow and it makes him sick to his stomach because they never loved him the way that he loved them back. And he talks about the sacrifices he made and the blood that he shed and the tears that he cried and it was never enough for those fans. So you know what I did? I packed up my stuff and I went and I became a superstar in the WWE, brother. I like I like his way. There's a little bit of a tying in of the kind of the kayfabe here because they all these head-to-heads with Mick and Heyman and Heyman's like, how many championship opportunities did you get before you took out the sock puppet and made Vince McMahon laugh? Like implying that... Mick's corporate run in 98 was literally like him becoming a sellout yes. and a kiss ass for WWE and like oh shit I can do the sock puppet dance and you know everybody in the WWE does things they don't want to do Mr. <laughs> Heyman you know I'll dance a too cool and all Aww. that jazz and I thought he did a good job in that respect the problem was that was after four weeks of ambiguity That's it. and that silence four days before the pay-per-view yeah. on a special one-off that, that no you, one watched that you can no longer find yeah. on the internet either like you have so much heavy lifting going on here mm. he needs to introduce the concept of ecw why a wwe hardcore match might be different in essence and philosophy than an ecw hardcore match okay he needs to get over edge still as being a top guy he needs to get over lita as well every yep. chance he gets lita she's amazing she's unbelievable he's also putting over melina randomly in his promos as well okay, okay. fine make whatever gets you through the days he has to put over tommy dreamer who the audience are not familiar with he has to put over terry funk who the audience are not familiar with he has to put over the ecw relaunch as a new brand one night stand mm-hmm. here it comes he's putting over paul Heyman as a creative genius who is going to be the f- he's putting over 20 things yes and you can be the best promo in the world it's too much too much mm. too much something's gonna fall by the wayside terry funk in the wwe ring in 2006 it's something that was very magic in my memories and nostalgia and i was one of those things that like as soon as i get the network brother i'm putting on that episode of rock because it was the best thing ever and it's literally like the first thing Terry Funk is like, Mick, I know why you did what you did last week with Edge. And I want to know, why did you do that? <laughs> why, did, why did you do that? And the fans are all like, who's this? And the Mick's like, why are you that? And it's a lot more like Mick and Ric Flair and TNA. Oh, Jesus, Web. Chaotic shite good than yeah. actually good. And it's like, you know, hey, here's Terry Funk. You don't know who he is. But also, you're like a son to me, Mick. And okay, Dad, I want to piss on your grave. So confusing. Mm. Well, if I had a head like yours, I'd have it circumcised. What? <laughs> Why? Why? Why do they hate each other? Because. Because he abandoned hardcore. He abandoned hardcore. So why does Mick hate Terry? Because when Mick had <laughs> my favorite phrase ever, I was honored in Madison Square Garden in 2004. In a special hardcore ceremony. <laughs> oh, hello. Where he was given the hardcore title. Austin gave it to him. They retired it. It was the kind of like, sorry for you leaving and us having bad blood in 2002 yeah. and three type of a thing. And Terry was meant to be there. And this is a shoot. 
Stephanie told him, sorry, Terry wants too much money. We don't want to fly him in to New York from Amarillo just mm-hmm. for this one shot if it's too much money. And then Mick is like, I can't wait till you die when I get the phone call and they say the funker has gone. And I go, well, that's too bad because I need a lot of zeros of my paycheck to show up and I can't wait for you to die so I can piss on your grave. See. Again, if you knew their relationship, it's powerful. If you didn't, it's like trying to eat four courses in 10 minutes. Yeah. You know, it's, it's too, too much. And Terry's all over the place. And he said no to One Night Stand the year before. And this year... He's getting himself in game shape. He's doing the loop with Jerry Lawler in Memphis, drawing a nice little house there. And he, according to JR in his, in his interviews about this, he said Terry was so focused. He was going to do this. He was going to steal the show. He was going to jump off a ladder. Whatever you told me wasn't going to do, he was going to do. So it was kind of like, right, put him in the tag match. This will be fine. The original idea was that Mick wanted Terry to be uh, inducted into the Kiss My Ass Club. Oh, no. And they would play off the real-life story where Terry bit someone's ass in a bar fight and he would bite would Vince's bite. ass. Okay, actually, you know what? <laughs> you, know? you know what? I actually would quite And then like you have the, 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 the real-life quip, which you used before about that, which is, that's the most expensive piece of ass I've ever bought. <laughs> uh, the line that makes Mick Foley finally come to blows against Terry Funk is, it's not, your wife's a whore. Your children are bastards. Hey, Foley, the WWE sucks. And Mick's like, oh, you son no. of a bitch. You went too far, old man. It's it's funny, but the crowd don't go along with this. No. And it's a jumble mess that leads us here to a match that somehow becomes more chaotic and more jumbled yeah. because it's a six-person tag yeah. now. Yeah. The, the crowd really don't know what to do with Foley because like, they love him. Yeah. He's Foley. He's their guy. Boo. I don't want to boo him. I don't want to boo him, but he's being a heel and he's saying things like, you know what? I did sell out Madison Square Garden. Oh! oh. oh this will get heel heat funny lines. <laughs> and then, then saying, I used, I used to have respect for ECW because it was run by a creative genius. Let's all hear it for Stephanie McMahon. The fucking fans lose their fucking Long alliance. live the alliance! Long oh, live the alliance! That is, that is like the only reference to the invasion I think I've ever, ever heard yeah. since. Like, that is one of the funniest fucking things That ever. is so fucking funny. And I will say, for all his failings and, and all that over the years, Mick Foley, he can still make me pop. Yeah. And that is a fucking That's funny That's a good line. line. Yeah, it is. That's so fucking... And the fact that the audience don't do the groan laugh, they're like, No! No! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god Lita's got to come out nah. so we've got to have some got to have some words about Lita everyone gets to do a promo yeah. Jesus Christ fucking Monday night one night stand yeah I, I mean this is a long talking segment anytime Lita has to talk it has to be something about fans jacking off or yeah, not getting as much action as she gets it's not the sick burn you think it is to be like everyone here's going to log on and start masturbating to you Lita and she's like yeah oh. it's just a bit at, like Lita's character has never been that ECW fucking super vixen that Heyman wants where it's like yeah call me a whore I fucking dare ya you know mm. that kind of like mm. Francine where she like owns it and fucking fuels her and Lita you can just tell every time they, they brought back Hacksaw Jim Duggan on Raw just to call her a hoe it's chipping away at her yeah. self-esteem. Just like it she's sucks. like after the too... year she had as well, yeah. Bill. Yeah. Like, fuck me. She's getting she you've got herpes and you're a crack whore chanted at her like idiots. she doesn't need that. No. 
does the hardcore title get heel heat from this audience? I feel it's another bow on this yeah, no very one's... ornate parade float that has all these whistles and... It's, it. it's completely superfluous it to the story we're telling. No need. Taz also hates Edge's smoke. He doesn't like that Edge's smoke when he comes out. That's a bit fucking rich coming from Taz. I like, know, he, right? The Royal Rumble 2000, mm. like you couldn't see a thing because of him. I don't know why. Maybe it's because hindsight and all that and knowing a lot about it, having done the Edge episode for How To and diving into the deep and dark world of my of my space, Matt Hardy and all that mm. jazz. But let me tell you, I just get... I, it makes me laugh, the kind of sexy shtick between Edge and Leah. Yeah. When they look at each other in the eyes and be like, and after this, we're going to go to a hotel room and have sex. <laughs> and Leah's like, oh yeah, baby. Yeah, and like, what? it's like, I know this is really bad and mean. They're both happily moved on and all that, but this is when the spark had gone. Oh, and yeah. there was the moment where this was fueling it and it was kinky and it was yeah. amazing. And I think a couple of weeks after, it, and they, they literally Ed told the story where it's like, we were just kind of like, oh, we're not attracted to it's each over. other. It's over. Yeah. The magic's gone. And then being like, yeah, baby, I... them 10 days of passion were worth this lifetime of misery. <laughs> it turns me on to see you get abused by the worst fans <laughs> in the world. Christ. Yeah, baby. Fuck me. Uh, I can't wait to text my imaginary girlfriend after the show and then masturbate to Lita. Hey, what? Wait, what? Wait, who, what? He says everyone in the audience has got a fake girlfriend who they're going to text and tell them how good the show was and then masturbate to Leah. That's complicated, that is. It's Saturday night, baby. It's a complex night, isn't mm. it? Fake girlfriends. This, this audience is a bit old for fake girlfriends, Edge. Nah, you can never be too old to have a fake girlfriend, mm. guys. Uh, it's September after summer camp. That's when the fake girlfriends come out of the woodwork. Honestly, Not in June. I'm sat here age 31 now, and I'm like, they're gonna fucking, one of these days they're going to rumble me to Alice. She's <laughs> <laughs> never met her. <laughs> yeah, when Lee does her promo, Joey goes, she can talk? <sighs> This is taking forever. This bit is so long. And then Taz is like, oh, she's got the microphone in her hands there. She's used to having a big thing in her, a big black thing in her hands. Like a fucking big black thing. Big big dick. Jesus Christ. The size of that dick. Imagine imagine (laughs) if your dick was a microphone, Joey Styles. The size of it. Whoa. You blow into the head and you tap it, you know. Is this thing on? Oh, sorry, Joey. I've been talking to a dick all night. My my mic's not even plugged in. I'm a fucking fucking dreamer funk if you aren't even out yet. No. They've got to have a turn. That's it. They get to do promos as well. Yay. So they come out really, really small pop for them, I thought. Yeah, this is so mild, this whole thing. And I really hate it because I thought, like, there's one person here who had fire in his eyes knew that there was something to prove and that was Terry Funk Mm -hmm. because when he came out and he started boxing imaginary ghosts yeah baby I was fired up for Terry Funk but I think Beulah She's not a wrestler. She no. I don't think she wants to be here. No. I, don't, I don't blame her. She had. She's like, not wearing shoes. She's not been on TV at all in the no. build-ups of this. Like, this is her first appearance in this, forever. This is what we need after Mick Foley did four weeks of introducing you to 20 new things you're not familiar with. Here's Beulah as well. At the last minute. Yeah. And the crowd are like, hey. Yeah. You know. And like, because they're, they're the faces. And then... Beulah's the person who suggests let's make it three on three. And, uh, and I'll make it three on three. And you're probably used to that, Lita, because you just you probably would have three disgusting old dicks. Mm. You'd, you'd eat them with a knife and fork at the Toby Carvery, wouldn't you? There's a massive dick there, and you just carve me off another slice, yeah. please. <laughs> I just I hate hearing women having to say these things that have been written by like 
sub Brian Gortz yeah. writers, mm. the worst people on the planet. But, but as well, when you have a moment like that, that should be like a real moment of like when somebody who's not in the match says, "Let's make this a three on three. It's fucking Beulah. She's not a wrestler. Mm-hmm. And Joey Styles just immediately goes, "Is she sure she wants to do that? Lee is an actual wrestler. Beulah's not mm-hmm. a wrestler. Like, just comp- like, what? What's the point in this? And immediately you can tell, cut the legs out. Yeah, you can it. tell it's an it's an idea they've not thought through within the afternoon of because what happens? The men go and do a twenty minute hardcore brawl. Yep. And the women stand on the ring apron. Yep. Like mm. and then they get to do a spot. At least in fucking ECW originally when the women got involved in the spot, yeah. they'd stand at ringside, they- then they come in, take off their shoes, get a pop, and then yeah. do it. They have to stand there like fucking nerds. This has only happened because somebody had a funny idea about for the finish. finish. Yeah. yeah absolutely. And so they've 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 dragged Lita and Bueller out for this fucking finish. So we have Dreamer and Egg doing the bulk of the weapon shots and the moves. And I would imagine, Billy, if you thought WrestleMania 22 was a demotion, this was hard for you to get on. Yeah. Edge is resting his way out of this spot. And I mean, he goes in with both feet, you know? If you thought that was a one-night only, no. oh, WrestleMania, a crowd a tenth of the size, and he's doing probably worse stuff to his yeah. body here. Yeah. No thumbtacks, but there's razor wire, mm-hmm. shots to the head. Jesus Christ. We find out that Mick Foley went to the, the Carl Havoc School of Wrestling <laughs> after he gets slapped around by fucking Foley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just says, this was a mistake. I don't want to be here. Yeah. He tries to leave. <laughs> big, big pop out of me for that. That was so funny. Like, they did this really convoluted course of events After that got us here that. we should have done this I should have made oh, all these weird, weird decisions straight away it's like Foley's playing No Mercy Championship mode he's like ah, let's pick a little <laughs> random I'm gonna lose this match to Crash Holly and see what the fuck happens uh, <laughs> we get um, we get a cripple edge sign oh, we're on a cripple edge, edge. and uh, we get a, this is where I start noting, noticing that like in like the, the right sa- right hand side of the crowd we have like a, a, a very minimum five different signs that just say the word pork. Yeah, pork. I, I don't know what's going on there. Pork, just baby. pork signs. The pork section. D- different sizes, different fo- fonts. Just got all about the pork. Well, pork maniacs out in force here tonight in New York City, baby. Or is it Hammerstein Pork Room, I guess? I guess yeah. it is, yeah. So, <laughs> so we have, you know, Dreamer and Edge, as I said, do the bulk of the kind of the, the, the main kind of catches, catch can stuff, if you want to call that, in the ring. Foley and Funk kind of pair off, and I feel like they are not on camera for a lot of us, but you cut back and it's like they're hitting each other pretty hard for yeah, real yeah. a lot of the time for here. Nothing like... You know, Foley this this screams that he lets out when he's been whacked by fucking Funk, and like the promo he did where he's like Terry Funk, his slaps hurt worse than most men's punches, Aww. and he's fucking teeing off on him, and I kind of feel like ah oh, they don't want to see it, it's boring. And actually, they're like, for the benefit of the couple of hundred people who can actually see it, they're doing a lot to themselves there. Because you, know? you come back to Mick and his fucking eyes closed over. Yeah. You know, this is hard stuff. Lena hits Tommy in the balls. And then Barbie board comes out. Uh, my Tommy Dreamer action figure I got in 2007 came with this barbed wire board. No. It's, it's hardcore, baby. Got all tangled up in there as well. And then his arm broke and I poured uh, super glue down the chassis of his uh, torso. <laughs> and he just became hard. <laughs> became a crangle in his final run against uh, Baron Corbin. He couldn't oh, do the no. high spot. Couldn't bend any of the limbs anymore. <laughs> it was awful. Terry pulls Egg and McFoley into the board and yeah Mick 
takes 98% of it. Edge gets a graze and makes it like, oh. <laughs> and all catch him. He's and stuck in there. Terry as well with the ladder. He spins around as the classic bit. Yep. And not to be outdone by Ric Flair, that egg sucking dog. He goes off the top of the ladder as well. Yeah. I mean, 66 years young he is here. This kind of bums me out, to be honest. Does it? Like, you know, with Ric Flair doing it at the Money in the Bank, or with, like, the stuff we saw Mick and Edge do at WrestleMania, all of that was exciting, and it was on this big stage, it was part mm. of a story or whatever. This story they've been telling for the last month or two has been so fucking miserable, convoluted, and boring. You would have benefited from not watching Raw for Absolutely. this paper, I 100% it would have done It'll help for Avengers, but this, it was like, yeah. this has taken five points off it your really estimation. Has. Yeah. And now they're doing it for this tiny crowd of people that have been, like, honestly, a fuck this crowd. <laughs> like, they've yeah. been on, like, on my case all evening, really winding me up. And you know what? We were saying how the previous matches, maybe the Sabu match, we had a table and we had a chair or whatever, but they've been very reserved in terms of using the gimmick. You wouldn't yes, get the gimmicks as, as often as you would in a classic ECW one, a classic ECW pay per view or whatever. But there's a reason for that as well. They take out the barbed wire board, and it's not eight five seconds and they're chanting, "We want fire." We want fire, mm. and that and like I know there's people who've complained a lot in recent years about kind of hey a table comes out, we want ladders. The ladder mm. comes out, we want chair. You know, they they just chant for what they don't have. Yes, until mm. all and it's like, well, do you listen to the audience and get the pop of you listening to them, or do you do what you're planning on doing and have like. I've seen matches on companies that pride themselves on having a great fan base get sabotaged because people want one yep. particular gimmick out there, you know? And I feel like it's good they gave him fire because if they didn't, this crowd probably would have shot all over the end yeah. of this match. And that sucks. Like, it's, you know, you're the audience. You can't fucking mm. dictate what you want to see. Like I will say as well, the fact that some of the best stuff in this match comes from Foley and comes from Funk, the two lads who are meant to be like, all right, go over there. The part where Foley is meant to be whipped into the corner where the board is and he stops, but he puts his hands out. Yes. And then he's like, Aah! I love that. And then the board goes onto him head first and he does the proper, <laughs> fucking loved it. And then Funk gets it. Mm -hmm. This is, other than the empty arena match with him and Jerry the King Lawler, mm. this is, this is in my mind, the greatest sell Probably of all time. This is the best part of the match. This I is think. this is the best part of the whole show, it as far as I'm concerned. I, I love this. Made me feel sick. I'm guessing you're talking about specifically the shot of Terry lying on the floor, hand trembling in front of the face, mm. like blood everywhere. The, like, the fingers they yeah. keeps doing this because like, cactus. Yeah. No, no. It's uh, so real. He's enraged. He's scared. Yeah. Yeah. What oh, the out of the face oh, of Terry? My eye got big. My God, my eye. Oh my God, Mick. It's the same eye that Lawler took as well That's back in Memphis. What I love about Funk is that he's not afraid to be scared of injuries yes. or to cry. Like, he's not afraid to show genuine fear or, like, cry. Like, that Lawler match you talked about in the empty arena, I saw that for the first time the other day off the back of this match. Oh, really? I, I went and looked that up. Fucking A. And he, I couldn't believe him being like, oh, my eye. And that, you know, that comes crying. off when he was all like, I'm the biggest stud around. Like, he yeah. was proper scary, heel, evil, but then he'll go straight to that it sympathy. It makes it blood-curdlingly yeah. scary. Like. I remember showing this to people. This was like, 
You think wrestling's fake? Dig this 60-year-old man. I mean, this bit is fake, but look at it anyway. Well, I mean, he, he caught himself. The crowd were into a hushed silence. He got taken away. Mm-hmm. It felt like a, a, a bloody end for Terry Funk. And also, you're not expecting him to come back because it just feels like yeah. no one... It's so surreal to see that you're if you're not used to that type of a cell it's like right he's done then if flair doesn't come back in the in the ladder match terry funk's not coming back after this right mm. you know that that's just the way it is so we then have tommy my bust broken balls are already bust and broken so please bust my broken bust balls he gets his balls busted up no. so uh, yeah. i've got the flattest dick in wrestling not tommy dreamer <laughs> we get immediate we want sandman chances fuck as well. off come on now no it's not ecw like that what do you mean yeah well your favorites doing things you'd expect them to do yeah the things that we expect them to do do what we say i mean there's an entire crowd and then there's reasonable expectations ECW was known for run-ins, people disappearing, lights go off, surprises. There's been no surprises so far tonight other than Big Show is continuing to be here. It was very reasonable. Yeah. I think and Sandman a... is a big part of ECW. Yeah, he teamed with Dreamer last year. And so let's I've, face yeah. it, he's not working anywhere else. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to see Sandman, everyone. Don't worry. We have Mr. Socko coming out, and that is applied to Beulah McGillicuddy, which fires up Tommy Dreamer. Gives us a very small pop for that. Yep. We get the new finisher, Mr. Spiro, as the Sock and Spiro combined. <laughs> finisher. And then... I know you'd like this bit, Adam. This is something that you always have a lot of time for. Mick Foley pantomime time, where it's the end of the match, so he goes to, and he's done the super finisher with Ed, so he goes, and Ed goes, no, 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 Mick, I have another idea. Good stuff. And so what's Edge's other idea then? I'm going to get me some of Beulah McGillicuddy. Uh, I, I don't like I don't this. like some greasy as fuck. You imagine the room full of men who sat around workshopping what's the grossest move to put her in because Edge don't do no pump handle slam, he folks. He does not. Hey, how about the pump handle slam? It's like you're fucking them up the ass. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, they'll get... What, will that get heat? Will that get a pop? No, it'll be hot. It'll will be will really it be hot. sexy? Yeah, like what? that's what it is. So, I fucking hate this. It's weird. So, and like the crowd don't do anything. No. Yeah. It's like... Mm. And especially when it's like... She's, chatting stuff all she's night, prone right? on the ground and yep. then like Edge and Lita are like yeah, right over Proper it. wrenching her arm back. Horrible. No shoes on her. She like, and as well, like Beulah is retired and she's past that. Her yep. time was in the 90s. She looks like kind of, you know, Actual like grown woman, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, Doesn't look like an ECW vixen or no. a WWE diva. She's just like a lady. Mick Foley stood there watching. Mm. Yay! And like Lita's rubbing her hands, so I guess it's meant to be okay. Yeah. Thank God Terry Funk came back and made everyone forget. Mm. He's covered with the big gimmick gauze covering the one eye, yeah. the big red patch coming through it. And by God, I've got a barbed wire two before. Finally showing distinction between yeah. the barbed wire 2x4 and the barbed wire baseball bat. Yes. His is bigger than yours, Mick. Yeah. <laughs> and Dreamer low blows both Edge and Lita while uh, Edge and uh, Mick while they're distracted by Terry coming back. This spectacle of Terry Funk lighting that big old boy on oh, fire. Yeah. And Mick Foley, shit, someone's got to do it, I guess. And it's not going to be the young lads with the promising career ahead of them. He actually catches fire here. Actual fire mm. on him. Like. You know, that is, it's amazing how they managed to fake that and, you know, actually... <laughs> yeah. All that crate all that paper. Crate they, paper and they blew the fan I mean, on it to make it look... I mean, it's all right, though, because Edge is going to get it because Edge gets garroted with barbed wire by Tommy Dreamer. Uh, 
Edge being tied up with Dreamer as Foley and Funk sail off the ring apron on fire into a big pile of barbed wire, just lie there being like, yeah. And like slow motion, Terry Funk falls down like a house of cards. We get this nice little bit in here that, you know, shows you Dreamer can do a main event bit here. You know, I think this kind of finish of the match, whatever you want to call it. What, where he attacks Leo? No! (laughs) Oh, I guess that's fucking ECW. Dark-sided. I meant that, like, I think the biggest deficit the match had to overcome was can Tommy Dreamer, who in the mind of WWE fans is the lad who eat weird, eats weird food, can he stand toe-to-toe with Edge? Yeah. And I think it's that razor wire spot. Mm. is so violent and so scary. It's like, okay, this guy is something else. And when he turns around over Edge's face and Edge is like, nah, with his fingers caught up in there. That was, like, a, a, a strong visual in a match mm. that had a lot of them. But you're right, it then becomes usually CW gaga bullshit. Lita comes in, let's beat her up. Yeah. And then Edge decides to beat up Dula, and that's bad. But Tommy Dula to Lita is good. Uh... End of the match. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I'm going to pin her like I'm fucking her first. Yeah. And he pumps on every single count. Yeah. I didn't like that. Didn't oh, like that. and we also got cat fight. Of course. Cat fight. Cat... You sit there and you muck. You sit there and you mock Jerry the King Lawler. And then you do the same reductive misogynistic shit. He mocks God. The one thing I like about this horrible finish is that as the referee is doing the count, he's looking Edge Square in the eye and going, what the hell is wrong with you? John Finnegan is very good. The ECW referee... For the visuals, I the like facial that. expressions. Kind of Bryce Remsburg kind of. Yeah. I'm going along with the story. A personality. Like. He's reacting to what he's seeing. It's not putting himself over. It's putting over what's happening in the ring. Because you shouldn't be like emotionless when that's happening. Mm-hmm. And like you see when the barbed wire board comes out. He's like, what the fuck? And he's been there the longest. So it means something. Him and all the other ECW refs are all giving the heave after this. Same as the ring announcer. He showed up for of TV on Tuesday. Like, nah, actually, we're going to use another lad instead. Like the WWE guys do it instead, well, yeah, actually. Because they got a whole roster of developmental people they mm. want to try out yeah. now. So why do we need all the... Like, why do we need the pub landlord brigade from ECW? Oh. John Finnegan looks like he's not going to ref a match at WrestleMania. He's going to get you a toasty in a pub. Like. <laughs> the baddies win. This was a match that the nostalgia fucking dissolved. And I saw the, the gross... 2006 like I thought at the start of the season I think there'd be a few moments where we're gonna go this is worse than the Attitude Era Mm -hmm. and I feel like in the Attitude Era when stuff happened to women it was in the kind of rah rah this is the sexy part of the show we wouldn't have had a a guy pinning a woman and pumping on every ref count in the Attitude Era imagine like Undertaker doing that to Stephanie or something like that you know you had like Austin Triple H beat up a lot of women with chairs and stuff in 01 and that was very fucking horrible but this where it's like the violence and the sexuality and you're stirring it in the pot together where it's like hit women fuck women and it's like some of them are bad and some of them are good but it's all sexy and you want to pop for every single bit of it this was the worst instincts of Tommy Dreamer and Paul Heyman 100% because their fingerprints are all over this it's fucking filthy and you know what's so annoying is that when you got those ECW shows where they're on, on sci-fi where they were trying to give you a bit of the old ECW did they give us that Sabu Rey Mysterio style match or the FBI super crazy match or the Kurt Angle uh, Randy Orton match no it was this you'd have Tommy Dreamer he's going to be spanking 19 year old Kelly Kelly oh. pulling her skirt down Jesus. you know Sandman's going to be wanking his fucking kendo stick at her yeah. you know all, all this shit it's just going to be like Oh, what you miss about ECW is the really gross bit that's aged poorly. 
No, the other shit. Not like that. Not like oh Like my Big God. Show instead. I think it's like a lot worse than some of the stuff they did in ECW. Yeah. This it, is fucking miserable. Pretty fucking hideous. I, I hated everything about this. I love Terry Funk's performance. Yes. I liked Yeah, okay, I like Foley that. made me pop. Yeah. I thought Edge, you know, he could have grumbled his way through this. Mm. You know, you can tell when people don't want to be in a spot. I'm sure Edge didn't want to be here, but he wrestled with bells on him here tonight. Yeah. But the whole thing is a whole, yeah, no. Miserable. Really tasteless. Naff. And it's also just now tainted that awesome WrestleMania match they had as well. Yeah. Whenever I think of that match, I'm going to remember, oh yeah, and then Foley did a weird heel turn and they had that horrible match. Hey, at least his underwear wasn't shown in this one. Mm. Oh, that's mm. the important thing, yeah, isn't important. it? How'd you get on with it, Bill? Um, I liked it during the start, but it's sort of like the longer the match went, I was like, because I think this is the second longest match of the night. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty long, event. twenty-five and, or so. And like, yeah, it was a bit. I was by the end of it, it was a bit of a slog. You want you wanted some more run-ins or something, some I don't know, yeah. some distractions. Mm, more and like, I know that the option's not there because they're they're in they're in TNA. It just feels weird that we, there's no Dudleys. Yeah, or, I know. You know, but they're busy being Team 3D. That's yeah. That's what you got to do. What you got to do. But they weren't working with Heyman yeah. after he nicked them copyrights for them. So that's uh, the way it was going to be here. We cut back to John Cena as he's hanging around in a very interestingly lit zone, and Rob is there too. Except you know. When Taz sees Rob, he's like, oh, that's ECW style. He's in kind of like a basement, I think. You yeah, know? He's, like, he's, like, he's like shadow boxing in a wine cellar. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a nice place like this in Chester when I visited mm, you recently. Yeah. Very, very good indeed. Taz and Joey will come back to them. They're even more brick red than they were in segment one. They just can't get over it. Like, they need a breather. They, I don't know. They need, they need to take five. It's hot in there. Balls Mahoney, Masato Tanaka. Here we a fucking chill go. went down my spine when I saw this coming up. One man who's known for swinging a chair. One man who's known for a chair being swung squarely at his head. Yeah. I love Masato Tanaka. He's one of my all-time yeah. faves. Mm -hmm. I don't know if there is as traumatic and scary a thing as an equivalent as a moon and sun for Tanaka and Mike Awesome to be yeah. a moon and sun, but they are a, a pair that... That, that match of the previous one night stand. Oh my god! Because like, that we were supposed to get that again here. He he's just about to retire. He was offered it. He didn't like the money. Yeah. He he was, he was, it, there was a lot of people who were offered, hey, come back for a spot, and he said yeah. no. And a lot of the people but said no. Like, within so. a year of this, he he would be dead. Yeah. But he was like, I would have been nice to have one last little Mike Awesome moment yeah, because it felt like what they were trying to do here was get some of the essence of that match. And bring it in here, show ECW still about like we might bring in people from outside, yeah, you know, maybe get over Balls Mahoney, who Vince apparently had a soft spot for. Really? Which is, yeah, it's something I've always found strange. Is apparently Vince loved he him. That hung makes on. no sense. He hung on longer than Sabu, hung on longer than Sandman. He was one of the last men standing of that ECW that group. Is baffling, isn't it? Why? Vince is the name Balls? Is balls? That Probably. He likes people shouting Balls. That's it. It looks like Captain Caveman, I guess. Love me. I mean, I always, always had a great soft spot for Balls Mahoney just because his matches were feel good. Anytime where you've got, like, you're throwing punches and people are chatting along and it's all, it, the panto side of wrestling. Yeah. And <laughs> seeing that in wrestling, being like, yeah, you know, like, I've always wanted to go see a Balls Mahoney match live so I could do that. You know, mm. and he's sadly also longer with us as well, Balls. But I feel like they're trying to squeeze these lads here. They're not dance partners. No, uh, it does. It this doesn't work. It is a very sloppy, short match. Sloppy. As I hell. was I was waiting with bated breath for Tanaka to get a, a chair a shot chair, to the head uh, to, to be hit by a chair or to get a chair himself. 
and no. it, it, if it just doesn't happen and you know there's there's like the the ball spot the fucking when everyone's in the the arenas chanting balls along with him uh, as he punches Tanaka and then he gets a chair hits him on the head that's it and that's, that's the end of the match yeah. like and I, it. and like, it's still someone managed to be sloppy like there were drop yeah. spots I think there was a point where balls went over the top rope he nearly broke his fucking leg you yeah. went shit mm. you know your battery being beeped on live pay per view yeah, like. yeah. It's just, it just, it, it just, and it just made watching this match just makes me think of like well we could have had another Mike Awesome yeah, we, we could have had it like a, a last. We could have. Should we have? Honestly, in all seriousness, that's I was, a style. That's I was yeah. quite pass. relieved that it was a one chair shot finish, yeah. like because don't get me wrong. When I first watched the Mike Awesome versus Tanaka match, I adored it, like five star level. Mm. I've not watched it in about seven or eight years. I think yeah. I don't yeah. know how much of a story and there's, I have there's, for it now. And, and there's also you know the possibility of of of. of what he subjected himself to leading oh, to he, well, obviously, leading yeah. to what he did was doing eventually that in Japan to him. for for 10 15 years it was a hard style for sure you know there's historical precedent of CTE I just think as well it's in bad faith to put this match out here because it makes you feel like you're going to see people swinging them chairs and it's going to be I just feel like the reason why Tanaka and Awesome could do that because of who they were mm. they had that understanding no, between each no other no one else could would or should have done that no. and they shouldn't have done it either in retrospect and I don't think you will be doing it on Tuesday nights on Sci-Fi no either. fucking like, way that ain't gonna happen absolutely in not in between episodes of Star Trek no. you're like no and you know what we have a four minute match here the entire time Taz still can't get over the fact that one of the wrestlers is called Balls Mahoney you're literally an ECW you wrestled alumni. him like come on you've uh, had years to get over this. wait a minute you tell me he's from Nutley New Jersey? A guy from Nutley called Balls? What does what he eat? Like testicles for dinner? Like, oh. yo, fucking shite. And they did the chair duel. It was already done in the previous Yeah, I know. Match. We've already had that tonight. You know, I didn't didn't like it. Big minging unprotected chair shot to the head. Big dent and all. The only thing I could think about it was I thought it was perhaps a gimmick's chair. That it looks so. I don't think it is. But I mean, and wishful the, thinking. The chair's yeah. the wrong way around as well. Oh. Because it... He, the, where it's impact that's where the chair turns so he's still left a dent in that chair when you take away the fact that the chair's on the hinge and can move away from Tanaka mm. so th- that's how hard he's been hit yeah that it's made a dent in something that's that can freely move this match is, is the outlier tonight because what what is this who's it for what's it about because it's as if Balls is getting a big push on sci-fi no. and Tanaka you never see him again in no. the WWE or ECW WWE ring this... and you, you cut back to the commentators and they're like what can you say? It, and they it, shrug. It, does, it, it does feel like that they booked Tanaka without confirming yes. that Mike was going to be there, or they booked Tanaka without realizing what I they thought, would do with him. Yeah, or like or, he's, or, he's, a, he's a lot. I thought we'll be able to convince Mike to do this before, but you yeah, know, before, I don't know. before we have. It almost felt like a dark match. Yeah. like lots of mm. crowd participation to get everyone happy. One big chair shot, and then that's it. Like, yeah, I mean, if this is meant to be like, hey, we'll have matches like this going forward, it wasn't that. Yeah, it I was, don't want matches like this going forward. No. Oh, thank you. I mean, because even without the chair, they're going to hurt themselves really badly yeah. in this one. Sloppy. Coming up next, main event time. Oy. Rob Van Dam, John Cena. We got a little video package, and it's a fucking good it's one. It's a really yeah, good package. Very well done. I'm cashing in the money in the bank. Somewhere where the conditions work extremely well in my favor. Yes, he can. 
be the first WWE title defense in an ECW ring in the history of both companies. If Rob Van Dam wins the WWE Championship, it goes to ECW. Renamed the ECW World Title. That would be the blackest day in the history of this illustrious company. I hope you're prepared for this hardcore action. If this extremely judgmental crowd, they can't wait to boo you right out the freaking door. Just because I gotta go to your house and play by your rules, you think for one minute that makes me scared? Van Dam has absolutely no fear. ECW is RVD's day. Can John Cena survive? I fear nothing and regret less. You have pissed off the wrong fire breathing son of a bitch. It's only the beginning of what we expect. Love it. This feels, again, like I was saying earlier, this is an ECW's time. It's Rob Van Dam's time. Yes. Do you think many would have said at the time, Rob should have won the belt back in 01 when we did the invasion, as a, as a matter of fact? There is an argument to be made for it, for sure. But this, yes. is, this is the time. Th- th- this is, like I said before, this yeah. is his moment right now. Yeah. If they did it in 01, it would have been like a quick like, it would, it would have cheapened one, one this. month. And, you know, just to say that you had the belt. Mm. The fact that you had to wait all this time does make it a lot sweeter. I did like in the video package as well where they went, ECW is RVD's thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's his thing. I, I liked it as a, the money, the bank cash in. Rob's saying mm-hmm. he's going to cash in in advance, setting that precedent year two of it. I thought yeah, that was really good. Honorable. But also as well saying it's going to be somewhere where the odds are extremely in my favor. This crowd is going to boo you out the door. Mm. And I thought it was very interesting for them to be literally saying, tune in, watch the pay-per-view. John Cena is going to have a hostile audience yep. on his hands. He's going to get torn to ribbons. And that was that was a big driving force behind this. Not enough, though, because this was much, around 100,000 less buys in the year prior. Mm. So it didn't do as good business, but it was still a very intriguing dragon for them to chase, mm-hmm. you know? And I was very excited all over again for this because this match... Is the match that made Joe a wrestling fan? Really? First, first, you know, couple of episodes of how she wrestling. I thought there was absolutely no chance that this was going to like click that she would enjoy wrestling mm-hmm. at all. And once this match happened, whatever it was, there was this intrigue about it. It was different. It showed you that the audience and the wrestlers can seem to be at odds, but actually have it planned all along. Mm-hmm. A wrestler can adapt and react. It's like performance art on the fly, off the cuff. You know, there's a lot about this match that is so unique. And I think if you ever wanted to introduce someone to like why wrestling is unlike anything else, like imagine someone trying to do Shakespeare and they're throwing shit at you. Like if this is as close as you can get to that, this is an absolute clinic at handling a crowd in a different way to what Randy did earlier on tonight with Kurt. Very different. But forget about that. Here's Eugene. What the fuck? Oh, Oh, Billy Keeble, huh? Yeah. You got your boy Eugene here. I thought it was season five. Yeah. um, It's a nice reminder there, this cursed fucking season. I didn't know this was going to happen. You keep saying that every time he shows up. Don't look at me, boys. It's never on the card list when when Mm -hmm. I take take Mm -hmm. that up and put it in my book. No boogers in this segment, Um, thank fucking Christ. There's a joke in this, which I think... He has repeated on Raw because is a joke I distinctly remember, but I have not seen this pay per view before. 
which is, are you booing me? Or, or saying, are you saying you as in Eugene? Yeah, this is the first he, time he does it here. He, yeah. he's de- he definitely said that on Raw. The idea here is that Eugene has got a poem he wants to read about ECW. And no, Mom, I like ECW. That's yeah. mine and RVD's thing, not Eugene. He, he loves he, he loves ECW. Um, his uncle Eric used to tell him he was as smart as an ECW fan. Good reference to the canon of the, uh, the family there. Yeah. He's a Bischoff family member. We also have... Him talking about wanting to use Sabu's towel and go on a picnic with Stevie Richards. It's all wholesome stuff. The fans don't want to engage with this in a fun, like, I may, I think like Cyrus and ECW would be like, I want to tell you about the network. And I was like, shut the fuck up. You suck dick. You are gay. I hate gay people. Whatever it is. In here, it's just this low-level boo. They don't want to see Eugene. They want to hear Eugene. They don't want to make fun of Eugene. They yeah. don't want to boo him. It's a they very don't... serious. It's a, it's a get off up. right now. Can you blame them? Yeah. What a weird fucking choice. Serious. Yeah. Eugene. You've done the package for the main event. Yes. Here's Eugene. Here's you. Not not just like, I get the whole sort of thing of like, oh, it's a WWE guy and you lot hate WWE guy. It's the fact that it's this character they chose to do it with. Not Matt Stryker or someone like Obnoxious coming out. They chose the fucking, like, disadvantaged boy to come out here and to get shouted at. So the gimmick is, and this is how Sandman was literally approached, you know, six months out, he was one of the first people who was gay. hey, contract on the table. Heyman said, I don't want you to wrestle because I think you don't want to wrestle. That's not what I want. You. That's not what we made you do in ECW. You'd have the odd match here, there, in a main event. We want the entrance. We want the spectacle. And we want him to be like the sheriff of ECW. Mm, right. so, we can't use Enter Sandman. We can't use Enter Sandman because Vince ain't forking out that. No way. Absolutely not. He's not Tony Khan on a Friday night. He's not uh-uh. doing anything that regrettable <laughs> on the pocketbook. <laughs> so the idea was that something would happen on ECW. It's not hardcore enough. It's not ECW enough. Out comes the Sandman. Mm. He'll run them off. And this was meant to be exemplified by the first instance which is Eugene here. And it just feels weird it's because weird. it's Eugene. It's like, cruel. Yeah, it's cruel. Like, Eugene isn't hurting anyone. No. He's not being offensive. He's, he's hurting the legacy of ECW, Billy. Yeah. I mean, as, I mean, like, the, the character of Eugene is obviously offensive, but Eugene is not being yeah, outwardly no, offensive no. to people. I will say, when Sandman comes out, awful butt rock music aside, the fucking look on him. This man has lost body fat yeah. and he looks terrifying yeah now. that was so upsetting to me because it's like <laughs> oh, eugene's here whatever happens next is not going to be good for eugene and then you cut to like the most furious yeah. pepper army version of sam yeah, he inhales that cigarette in one drag horrifying <laughs> you never see him smoke like, again he got enough on that one like my heart rate spiked yeah. on eugene's behalf Th- this here, is bender like... turning to a human like <laughs> just <laughs> just discovered like what hedonism can do like this is fucking scary here because this crowd has already got some pretty bad inclinations. Yeah. And Sandman makes this immediately weird because it's a bit of a, way. here comes the Sandman. The pop isn't there because the music's not there. So no. people kind of aren't really gelling with this. He comes out to hit Eugene with a stick and people are like, yay! And then Sandman goes, I want to hear him beg, beg, yeah. beg, beg. And the fans and start going, beg, beg, beg. And, and Eugene starts crying the, yeah, going, yeah. no, please. Simon, please, I love you. And then he starts whomping the shit out of him. He made it really weird by saying beg. So miserable. Just run him off, pop a beer, we're done. But it's beg, beg, beg. And he starts smacking him off, he goes. Now, Taz, 
makes several references to Eugene. Oh, you should have stayed on the bus. Now, I only know about this because you and I went down the rabbit hole and did a couple of Eugene Raws Mm. during the pandemic. Those are over on the, the main feed here. And that was something that was used when it was like, oh, maybe Eugene should have stayed on the bus. And the that short, was the short, the bus. short bus, which mm. was the bus that the wheelchair ramp on it, that was yeah. the special needs kids came on. So Taz says that two or three times, has a big owl giggle with himself there. And literally at the end of it, you have them doing, after Eugene is gone, Sandman is gone, all that jazz, you have Taz turn to Joey on Caribbean, like, Haha, you should have stayed on that bus after all, you know what I'm saying? And, and uh, Joey goes, Haha, you are evil. Yeah, that was mm. evil. That entire segment was literally evil. Whatever. It was fucking vicious and nasty. Spur of the moment and the fucking, the adrenaline was pumping and it was so great, this segment, that that came out of your mouth. But the fact that you said it, you were low energy, you had dead air, then you mm. just said it again. Mm. And what's the badum That's a bad thing you said. Oh, you can't say yeah. that, can you? Fucking hell. They keep saying sci-fi over and over again. Yep. Sam and rocks out to an increasingly unenthusiastic crowd. To music that you'd get if you were playing WWF on your Game Boy. It's a bad omen, baby. Yeah. I can't believe how effectively they managed to kill my excitement yeah, for the main. Exactly that the awesome same. video yeah. package. Wasted. And then that, and yeah. now I'm like, I don't want to watch this I mean, the, the, the guys there in the crowd, they're fine. They're yeah, fine. They're, okay. they're, they're going to get but, to boo John Cena, yeah. so it's fine. But for me at home, that I was, was like, so Jesus miserable. Christ. But yeah, they really took the air out of the sails of this crowd here. I'm hyped up for the hostility. Is it Extreme Rules or ECW Rules? I'm not sure, but... They're having their match. Rob comes out now. Taking on John Cena. His first title shot since the reign of terror. And there's a nice line. I know you don't like it about Joey. And I think I said in the previous episode, I don't like it about Joey. But much like his jolly old St. Mick line from WrestleMania 22, he had a line about Rob Van Dam being a wrestler who's never won a world championship. And many people believe that is a travesty. And it's four or five years overdue at this point. I just thought he put a nice little bow on. It's not sour grapes, not bitter. But there's a lot to be said in wrestling when a room full of people all decide, it's time. Enough's Mm. enough already. When Punk beat Cena and it was time. When Hangman beat Kenny Omega, it was time. Whatever it is. When it's time, it's time. When everyone's there together and has that feeling. John Cena with the head down. With my chain gang in my metaphorical headspace. Mm. I fucking love this. What I wasn't expecting is the level of putting over that Joey and Taz actually do for Cena in this match. Yeah, they say he's not he's not a great wrestler, but he's tough. He's, he's, he's tough. He, he's tough, and you you've got you can't deny he has heart. Yeah, that's which, true. Which like I was I was fully expecting them to be like fuck this guy. No, I think they were contractually obligated yes. to put Cena over. But, <laughs> like... it, it, but but they they put him over in a believable way yes, it's for the character effective. of Joey Styles Absolutely. and yeah. Taz to do. And they're all excited about this because the chat has been that they're going to and Heyman has said explicitly that they were going to rechristen one or both of the world titles yeah. and turn them into the ECW title. Oh, they're going to throw it in the bin and all that. More on that at a later day. Yeah, we'll see day. about As, that. We'll see about it. But they're now kind of... There's this air of nervousness that I think is the most effective thing they do as commentators tonight, where you have Joey and Taz being like, what's going to happen if we don't get one of these world titles? Yeah. 
the brand's going to be like mm. dead on arrival more or less. I do want to point out as well about Stephen DeAngelis, who gets to do the big in-ring introductions for this, you know, representing Raw, John Cena, mm-hmm. Raw, and the big RVD, does the spin kick crowd there. I thought I'd check out what he's up to these days. Uh, oh, no, here we oh, it's good, it's good. He's actually did some announcing for Major League Wrestling again there recently, so he's uh-huh. back out of retirement. Uh-huh. I found his Twitter there. He only has 160 followers. Okay. And his most recent tweet is just Charlotte Flair. <laughs> What, the words Charlotte Flair? Just the words Charlotte Flair. Okay. Move over Ed Balls. Like. Yeah. yeah. Have a float your boat. <laughs> the crowd don't want any part of John Cena. Oh, this is oh, fucking funny. Including the merchandise. Yeah. This this here was like, you know, I was shown this to like, the, the, the era of wrestling fans who I knew who stopped watching. My brother, his friends, all my folks who stopped watching in 01 because of Austin. Yeah. I was like, look, you're that guy you hate. Here he is being destroyed by the crowd. The, Look how embarrassed the he first is. Time, the first time it's, the shirt's thrown back, there is a genuine look of surprise from Cena. Like, yeah. And Rob's like, busting his shit. Like, yeah. I love that. The Rob's like, fuck me, this is funny. Like, and, and it, the does toilet it, it, paper. Yeah. Yeah. He throws it back into the crowd for it to be thrown back into him in total four times. Yep. And it's on the last time when like, the security guard, he's got, he's got a pass or whatever, and he's like, Fuck you, John! Fuck you! <laughs> and the guy spits on it and throws it back. And I look back in retrospect now, and we've talked a lot this season, and it will be a recurring thing, and it happened other seasons as well, that kind of the toxic anti-Cena, yeah. whatever it was. Even if that was misguided, even if we all got wrapped up in our own fucking bullshit or worked ourselves into a shoot, whatever it may be, you can't deny there's a lot to be said for the catharsis of yeah, seeing a yeah. lad who you all fucking hate just get rejected yep. wholesale. Yeah. And you don't have to cheer for Triple H on the other side either. No, that's... you get to cheer for a great guy. Yes! That's, it feels yeah. like the wrong of John Cena being the guy, that's been rectified in real time. And mm-hmm. the wrong of Rob being overlooked over and over that's again. It. It's two of those things at once. It's a two for one. The fact that ECW is coming back almost feels like surplus to requirements yeah. really is. it's almost in the way it is I think the fans would have been just as happy if Rob yeah. Van Damme that's was it. the if we champ. had the one night stand Cena yeah. lost that's it Rob's the champ and he can yeah. talk about ECW we can bring in On some roll. guys yeah. have the bit shows here there but man weekly TV there's a reason we don't do this podcast every week I don't know mm. the fuck you meant to make 19 hours of wrestling every week and say yeah. hey here's another hour and a half on top of it this really for me when I was watching in 2006 I thought it was like light at the end of the tunnel it's like finally they've all realised their terrible mistake what I really should have been doing is just watching other wrestling you know fuck your glimmers of anti-hope WWE that kept me on this hamster wheel thinking if I just keep watching maybe this is gonna come back maybe this Seamus guy will turn the tide in 2009 you know ooh look everyone we recognise that everyone hates us keep watching us and hating us thanks bye (laughs) it was a really effective way of kind of keeping you in house I mean that's what everyone on YouTube and TikTok does these days pretty much yeah you fucking hate Mm. this make sure you stay subscribed fucking ridiculous John Cena is either A, the ultimate worker at a young age here, or B, the perfect amount of heartbroken. Mm. Like, he didn't expect this, but I think he knew. He has to have known. I've heard since that he was very excited about this. Of course. Rob was saying that, like, he appreciated how much John was, like, open to this. A lot of guys would be very protective of, like, oh, no, no, I'm the good guy. I I don't think a lot of people would, like, blame John for saying, fuck that, I'm not doing this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'll tell you in the audience, if you hate 2006 John Cena, you should go hate 2010 John Cena. (laughs) You don't know anything yet, baby. The You Can't Wrestle Chance make John Cena do Ken Shamrock's finishing manoeuvre, the Kenplex. 
He busts out loads of new shit in this he, match for the first yeah. time. Yeah, we get loads of new Cena We things. get a fucking dirty pin from Cena. Yeah. yeah. Fucking legs on the rope and everything. One of the most prolific sign guys of the night is no longer holding up his tie guy sign. He's now showing a MySpace URL. Aww. In many ways, this pay-per-view shows the time does make fools of us all. And another sign for the Rob Van Dam revolution. RVD or so you can only burn it once. <laughs> We get die, Cena, die chance. But before you moan, don't worry. It's actually German for the Cena. It's fine. The yay boo spots here, which I, I always enjoy, but it's the yay boo, yay boo, yay boo. Like it's yeah, yeah. when you think, they have it down perfectly. Like Cena here as well. Like he's, he's pulling out the heel shit. He's yes. like... No, he refuses to break on five yep. to the point where the referee has to get in his face and what the hell's wrong with you? He pushes the referee. Yep. That's it, just picked all up for like, John Finnegan. <laughs> when these moments happen, the, the fucking ECW fans are like, Who's this guy? Well, what's what's That's happening here? That's not the guy we've been booing for the past. Yeah, like, they still boo him though, but they in still a different, yeah, in, but in not, a, not that jaded way. Uh, yeah, but like there's these moments where they're just going, wait, what? Can He's just, playing along at this point. Can yeah. I just say as well, with regards to playing this audience, John Cena and Rob Van Dam in the main event of an ECW pay per view stood and punched for around forty seconds, mm. and then Rob did a big punch, and John went and rolled out of the ring. That got an ECW chant. That, <laughs> that's the most Memphis ass, yeah, you know, is. build it. Like, they're fuck, they have them in the palm of their hands yeah. here. It's mm. amazing. Overrated chant for John is the one that's oh, cutting to the core now. There's a wall to wall of middle fingers when John heads into the crowd. Everyone just stood there blankly giving him the middle fingers. I thought it was pretty brave of him to head off into the crowd. Yeah. There, you know, someone might have thrown a drink at him. Oh. <laughs> Rob gets a few signature spots in there, but this isn't a leave it all in the ring type of encounter. And if you want to see why Rob Van Dam's a great wrestler, I don't share this, even though he says this is his favorite match. You know, you're not seeing all of the great Rob Van Dam no, bits. It's not the showcase. But it's amazing to see him bust it out and John Cena takes some stiff fucking kicks, mm. let me tell you here, folks. The amazing spot that Rob takes when John does the kind of toss into the corner, he grabs his legs, he goes flying up, the chair the is there. Shot, the yeah. chair opens up and Rob goes straight through it. He goes all limp, his Vicious. legs go out incredible no one goes flaccid like Rob Van Dam <laughs> Mr. Monday Nights <laughs> Cena sucks cock that's uh, because he started doing the five moves of doom oh that's that is gay as hell it's the fair. gayest sequence yeah. of moves in wrestling well, the, the five moves are gay more like, <laughs> more like am I right fellas <laughs> you know what I love from John when he does the five moves of doom and he knows he's coming to the five knuckle shuffle, he goes, Oh, <laughs> I think y'all don't like this bit. The little fucking. The face. The little goddamn smirk. Yeah. I love it. It's so fucking great. And I mean, you can watch this match and you get so much for Rob Van Damme, so much of the love, so much of the appreciation you get, but. Like, this is a bit of John that we didn't see for years. Yeah. I feel until we were doing the open challenge in 2015. Yeah. No, we don't get this. This John for a long gets time. packed up for a long yeah. time. This John is nowhere to be seen at WrestleMania 27. I imagine Vince <laughs> watching this match, like, in tears, like, it's not supposed to be this way. <laughs> when he does this salute, you literally have. Joey Styles going, well, get ready for a riot, I guess. Mm. The FU gets avoided, and the crowd get less kind of ready. They start getting sad because they think that yeah, John's now. John's coming to win, and this would yeah. happen. Because they're a not lot. really gonna riot. 
They're not going to riot, obviously, but like I feel like everyone all night has probably been like, RVD, it's RVD's night, yeah. he's going to win. And then there's always, with every WWE pay-per-view where you really want a certain outcome, yeah. you have that moment in the match where you're like, it's fucking WWE. Yeah. They're going to do the miserable ending, aren't and they? And it must, it must be scary for them because the last time we saw an ECW crowd of that size, they were invading the Capitol on January 6th. <laughs> Billy! <laughs> fuck's sake! These aren't time-travelling ECW fans, Billy. <laughs> Can I just say, the fan in the front row with the cheese grater and the tongs is very ambitious for what he thinks really is going to happen. Like, like, love John Cena getting the STFU and going, that is a new record for his best girl now. It's, 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 a bit, it's a big Tom and Jerry yell, isn't Proper it? Proper silly. He's knocking on the door of that Grunt Hall of Fame, I'm just saying. He's not got many under his belt, but he's a contender, right? I will say that his best grunt work is in the tap-out series of adverts you get on the WWE Network. <laughs> <laughs> Cena gets boring chance. He also messes up a move at one point, which him and Rob kind of do mess up together. But we get the unique Cena fucked up chant. Which yeah. I mean, that was very, very funny. He gets a bit of momentum. Fans are not ready for John Cena to lay out Rob Van Dam with no. solid steel stairs and just fucking smash him. The referee is knocked out, as Billy says, and we get fucking tricky, sticky Jonathan Wiki Nick Patrick in the house. <laughs> Fuck Nick Patrick chants. It's because they know. They know that Nick Patrick is tricky. Yeah, they They're WCW fans. Yeah. They're all haters. No, they, they, I, I think as soon as they see Nick Patrick, they think screw job. we're getting a screw job here. Yeah. And we are, but it's one that works out in their favor. Yeah. In retrospect, this is the most cumbersome fucking end ever. Yeah. I hate this. Edge this, comes up in a shy outfit. This should have been clean. Yeah. It should have been. It should have been or, clean. Or a little bit, a little bit of interference. Not... Edge comes out with the big fucking massive motorcycle helmet all wobbly because he's been under the ring for 25 minutes yeah. after being in a long ass match. The fucking crumply spear. Shit spear. Awful. Who speared John Cena? Oh, it's Edge that we saw half an hour ago. He's back again. Half-hearted right? thank you, Edge chance. Ugh. And then Rob does... Rob is a really great five star. The one, big one. The one thing that works in its favour, I think, Billy, if it not being clean, at least there's a good bit of time between yes. Edge, the spear, and then the five star, and, and then the Heyman counts. coming out. Yeah. But there's fucking three asterisks here beside yeah. the victory at this yeah. point. But with John Cena, that was as good as you were going to get. Yeah. You know, because mm. John loses once again to Money in the Bank under questionable circumstances, but it doesn't matter because... It's like people wanted the post-credits scene yeah. here. They don't care about all the other stuff. Now Rob Van Dam gets to celebrate with a world title. Literally everything that happens before this is kind of forgotten. Yeah, it, it is. is now a Rob Van Dam overdue appreciation night. And and it's it's nice that he gets to run around in the crowd and the crowd follow him around upstairs. Yeah. You know, where he's with his wife. And All the jazzy camera angles going in and out and zooming around can help but feel that it's more important for the people in the ring who are celebrating with Rob. This mm. crowd aren't at this like non-stop fever that they were at the end of 05. Mm. Here, they're like, We've seen a WWE pay-per-view. Yeah. With a screwy finish. I think that finish really did suck a lot of the fun and excitement yeah. out of... It's RVD's big moment. He finally wins and the big one. he couldn't have done it without Edge. He couldn't have done it without Edge. And even the commentators are like, well, RVD did it. 
We'll take that. Yeah, sure, he did it. We'll like, take yeah. that. I was really... I've never seen this match before, and I've mm. known for years, oh, it's the night where RVD finally wins the big one. He beat I, John I, Cena. I'd never seen the match. I assumed it was a clean finish. I was expecting Money in the Bank 2011 with CM Punk. Oh, no, like, no. Finally, we're crowning the guy that's been overlooked, and he's going to win fair and square. Edge like, is making it happen, baby. Fucking yeah. flat. And I just say, like, at the end of the show, I felt that the brand ECW was less popular than it was at the start of the show. Absolutely. Yeah. and it's gonna like it's done some damage there. I'll tell you you look back at the old Hasselmania columns on no DQ and I was bemoaning I was wishing ECW and sci-fi was like this mm. you know and that was my benchmark that's what I was hoping it could get to that shows you how far it is this is as good as it can get yeah because right? it, it didn't get as good as this ever Jeez, again for ECW as, uh, as RVD is running around we get the final sign that I made note of now this sign is is only funny because it was only seen after the titles changed hands. Okay. There's a sign that says the champ is queer. For fuck's sake, and man. And I did not see that any time before Cena lost the belt. But as soon, and it's obviously in reference to Cena, because mm-hmm. he's always used to say the champ is here. And someone was told to hide the sign and then. They and then as soon the as R V D's out, here's the sign, the champ oh, so we're calling R V D queer now, RV no, apparently. Got it all it's it's it, it, that's the final sign. I think that's and that sign is the sort of the the final nail in the coffin for the show for me. Okay, I think the final final nail in the coffin for the show for me is the final image, which is Big Show, Big Danny show. Doring, Trinity. I forgot they come to the ring. And Fonzie and Just Incredible stood in the ring as Joey Styles goes, Look at this! ECW is extreme. Yes, Fucking it is. Danny <laughs> Doring. That's the Mount Rushmore of ECW right there, baby. Trinity. Danny Doring. Big show, Paul White. Big show. Man, that was fucking... That was like doing an entire season one of the Outshare podcast all at once. Yep. <laughs> reminded me a lot of a WWA show where I'm looking at the card and I'm like, hey, I recognize these names. These are some fun ideas and matchups. And then I watch it and it's either incredibly disappointing or hideously offensive. Mm. And honestly, after I, I knew that it was a step down from 2005's One Night Stand but I still had it in my head that it's like, it's going to come close it's to that It's not a joyful show like that was. It's a was. miserable show. It is. It's, it's dark-sided. It feels inescapably cursed. And this is meant to be kicking off the bright new future of ECW as well. Yeah. Like. I mean, from, from a wrestling perspective, it's a, a pretty fucking solid Fine. show. Yeah. The actual Fine. wrestling is great in the and show. And I will say, you compare that to not so much WrestleMania 22, because I feel like it, that had similar match styles in many respects, but mm. compare this to Backlash and to Vengeance that come after it. It is a different show. Mm. Yeah. You know, vibe, audience, yeah. setting, mm. camera work, all that. But again, like everything that is unique that's stacked up on a table now, Paul Heyman is going into every booking meeting with his stack of chips going, right, you can you can light it normally then, right. All right, you can call us superstars again. Okay, right, you can strip Rob of the title. Okay, right, we won't do that. You know, we won't do extreme rules matches. Next okay, you know, yeah, yeah. And next thing you know, it's Bobby Lashley and Big Show. It's fucking main mm-hmm. event. It is. Like. So what we have here is precious little and it's going mm. to be actively gambled away as we go yeah. on. Uh, we'll find it. We'll talk about it. We've we got have... a lot to talk about next <laughs> we... time. Yeah. Shit, we have the dash cam footage and everything, folks. Oh, baby. Dare I ask the match of the night and the MVP for you fine gentlemen? I think it's easy. I, yeah. uh, like, it's going to upset ECW fans, I think. 
I I don't think anyone can argue with us on this show. Alright, there is no one who's an ECW fan who's defending this show. Right? Alright, take it from the ECW fan who Uh, said that. I feel like objectively Randy Orton and Kurt Angle is the best match of the night. There is no Better than the main event. Yeah, 100%. And is that because of the ass of the kind of of what it means for Rob's victory or whatever it is? Yeah, I had. I loved the main event. I thought it was a good match, but I had complaints about it. The Randy and Kurt match, I don't have a single complaint about it. That, Mm. That was like a perfectly executed way of doing that match yeah. in ECW. Fair enough. Big fan of that. And for me, MVP has been a happy Randy. Like he, like John Cena was going into the Lions Den, but he like had this joy about mm. him yeah. and this really fucking like he was relishing the chance to be that shitty. Billy, match of the uh, night, MVP. Match of the night. Even though I said that you know, Kurt and Randy was a near perfect match, but while I had complaints about the main event, mm. I think overall. The main event is my match of the night. Yeah, fair. With obviously a special mention to Kurt and Randy. In terms of MVP, it is a special mention to John Cena. Like, absolutely the high regards to John Cena here of what he did tonight. Just shocking me by being a heel. Yeah. By, by working heel and fucking but just not embracing like he, it. You know, if you were a diehard Cena fan as a kid, you watched that, you would think, oh no, he's turned Hollywood. Yeah. Or, you, you, know, would, you would think he's an ECW. He's, he's turning heel for the smart box. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's um, fair that he's doing this. But actual MVP, I'm giving to ECW original Randy Orton. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so good in this in this pay-per-view. What a fucking And then in that huh? match. It's perfect. 25 years old. I know, right? Fucking unreal. He's got more suspensions to get under his belt before he actually <laughs> matures, but wrestling ain't bad as it stands, Randy. Good job. Oh. I mean, for me, match tonight, it, it's got to be that main event, but I want to have a special shout-out for, for Sabu versus Rey Mysterio, which, mm. ending aside, I feel was a really great showcase of Sabu, and I think Sabu and Rey... Like, Ray's not having a great time. Sabu would go on to not have a great time. They were actually, like, really good dance partners here. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, at the end of this one, and hearing Sabu talk about it in his shoot, and his many shoot interviews about it, I kind of would have liked a, re- a sequel to this. I think they could have built on it. Yeah. He mm. said, oh, we're going to do a false finish here, no DQ, you know, D- double DQ, so we can build to the rematch. And I would have thought, these ads with a bit more ring time together, yeah. polish off some of the, the rough edges. I would edges. like to have seen more from them. It could have easily been Sabu's best match, mm, you know? And I really, really thought that there was only one time in this pay-per-view where that feeling of nostalgia, the feeling of, of what it was, and the goosebumps came. The ECW feeling, or whatever you want to call it, it came during that match. Mm. Nothing had kind of changed that. Nothing had kind of uh, uh, gotten away from that. But I, I will have to say... MVP is unquestionably John Cena for me mm. because yeah, Randy is that good. But the thing is, right now John Cena isn't, isn't yeah, that good. No, he's not. We've seen him wrestle. We've even seen him struggle with the psychology of like my arm is yeah. sore, mm-hmm. and yet he managed to ace yeah. this quite advanced yeah. Yeah. scenario. And he very easily like could have gone to fucking Vince and said, "I'm not doing this," and they would have. They, and Vince would have gone, "Cool, we won't yeah. do it." And just so we all know, my little anecdote to end this off here, the reason why Kurt Angle started wearing mouth guards in 2006 as part of the wrestling machine character is because John Cena fucked his teeth up when oh, they wrestled at the start geez. of the year. And that's the John Cena we're dealing with. So the fact that that John Cena, who could send Kurt Angle with a big dentist bill down to the hospital, giving. he yeah. can be that in this match. Fabulous stuff. I think I like it. And I will have to say for that main event as well, Thank you, main event, for being the match that you were because I really enjoy doing how to wrestling and it is my job and I'm, I'm now married to that woman. I'm very thankful for that fact. So 
Thank God you weren't shit like the rest of the bits on this fucking godforsaken cursed show. ECW on sci-fi, Adam. Uh, what do you say? Maybe one day we'll... Uh, one day? Maybe one day we can sit down I and do I that. think the answer is yes! You, you son of a bitch! Uh, do they have any other pay-per-views other than December to suspend? Just that one. But, 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 we'll have ECW appearing at Vengeance. Yes. Yeah, they will we'll be appearing them. at Survivor Series. SummerSlam. Yeah. SummerSlam, Rumble, all WrestleMania, ones. all the way through yeah. to WrestleMania. So we're going to see the guys. Yeah. We will. So maybe we'll have a little extreme catch-up as well. We find out what's going on over there. But thank you so much for listening to this extreme episode of the Adshare Podcast. And if you're listening on Spotify, Google, SoundCloud, Apple... Or X-Men, wherever you, <laughs> wherever you get your audio, make sure you leave a rating or review. Check us out on social media. You can find us on facebook.com forward slash Attitude Era Podcast, where you can find a fucking huge library of videos. We have got clips from classic episodes, current episodes, and little previews of our Patreon content. Check us out over on Twitter as well, at AEPodcast. Patreon.com forward slash AEPodcast. We got a whole bunch of people over there who are enjoying a whole lot of content. Over 200 hours of exclusive audio and video. The Smackdown Crawl, nearly 100 episodes where me and Adam review all of Smackdown. The Bibliotech, a few examples here, bumper episodes going through all the various books in the world of wrestling. A spin-off series called The Reading Ranch where I'm reading Journey into Darkness for the first time. New series, The Corporate Ministry of Sound, where we review bad wrestling albums. We also have side series and side ventures with Adam and Billy reviewing Chaos Comics. Q&As with all three of us. Video offerings where we play board games, video games, and all sorts in between. And as well as that, you can get all those commentary tracks over on patreon.com forward slash AE podcast. And if you enjoy the show and you like it being ad free, well, why don't you say thank you very much by heading over to patreon.com slash a podcast. Minimum of $5 a month gets you access to a minimum of two new pieces of content a month, as well as that entire generous back catalog. Drop out whenever you like and pick back up whenever you feel froggy. I wanted to run something by you. You know how WWE had the, the network slogan for a while was like, it's better than Netflix or it's over the top. I feel like we need something for our Patreon. What do you reckon to patreon.com forward slash AE podcast? It's too much content. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we have got like a literally absurd amount yeah, of content. Peace and love, peace and love. There's simply too much simply to listen to. We will no longer be doing season five. <laughs> <laughs> And if you're a fine purveyor of stuff and things, head on over to matthewsbotchermania.com. Stuff. Things. Wasn't this season supposed to be about Degeneration X? It will be. Next episode. Oh, Come on. Oh, lads. We went a whole episode without saying the words DX. That felt good. And we'll be right back into it. Ah. And it's a goodbye from me, Kevin. Me, Adam. And me, Billy. Oh, what the hell. ECW. <laughs> and we'll see you next time on the Adam Shira Podcast. <laughs>